From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's seven minutes past the hour. We begin the story, and this is just one of those things. we talk. I just talked about it in an interview that I did the other night where you show prep and you're ready to go in one area, and I was all ready to go. And then we learned about a New Jersey State Trooper that has been shot in Patterson, New Jersey, overnight, and we begin with that, of course. The incident occurred near 28th Street and 9th Avenue in Patterson, New Jersey. Officers with long guns were searching a wooded area, uh, and two of the other troopers were taken to the hospital as well to be checked out, and we have the one wounded trooper that was hit in the leg, uh, the good news is expected to recover. So it's a breaking story. We'll keep you posted with any developments. And here's where we were going to begin. So I learn about, oh, three o'clock this morning, something like that, four o'clock this morning, that a woman by the name of Sharice Trump, C-H-E-R-I-S-E, Sharice Trump, she was required by a university. This is just absolutely insane. Required to provide insurance in order to be able to be on the campus of a university because it was determined that her last name, Trump, is an elevated risk. I mean, can you believe, can you believe these people? The university says that Sharice's last name is a security issue, a security threat. So she would need, it's Trinity, Trinity University. So she would need to provide some kind of insurance rider. Uh, interestingly enough, she's not related to President Donald Trump in any way. And this is the sick society that we live in. This much I know. If the late, great Al Alberts, who recorded this amazing item, I am a sick American. If he were still with us, I don't think he could. Even as forward thinking as he was. And he saw a lot of these things coming. Great American. Great entertainer. I don't believe he, he could not imagine where we've come in the last several years. It's been going on for decades. But these woke brokers, they are, I mean, it is, it is just on steroids. What's going on? And these universities, they think this is just fine. Hey, your name is Trump. You're a threat. What they're trying to do, they're trying to define good versus evil in in a way that is so twisted. 
and blatantly unconstitutional. I don't th- I don't see how how that could stand. That you could go there and no problem, but this woman's name is Trump, so they set special rules in effect. It's, it's just crazy. And remember, these are the tolerant ones. These are the good people, the special people, the beautiful people. And everything about them is the exact opposite. For example, Merrick Garland will pivot to there, testifying yesterday before Congress. And I was happy to see they gave it to him, but good. And he deserves it. He's a bum. I've never seen such blatant politics. You just look at the difference between how everything leaks about Trump, nothing leaks about Biden. Five years they're investigating, six years, whatever it is, since 2017 or 2018, they've been supposedly investigating Hunter Biden. I don't believe any of this. And I'm telling you all you need to know that the fix is in. Merrick Garland said there'll be no pressure, no pressure. The the uh, U.S. attorney has everything he needs. There'll be no pressure brought from us whatsoever, which means the exact opposite is true. And incidentally, thank God I didn't watch it live. I caught it in a little tiny clip in the late afternoon yesterday. This Corrine Jean-Pierre was talking about how Joe Biden isn't afraid of anything. He went, he went to war. He went there with no protection. This, I, I gave him credit for something that I had to take back. And then look how they brag about it. He's not afraid of anything. He went to war with no protection whatsoever. Now, they just told Russia that he's coming. Exactly when he's coming, exactly where he's going to be. So you know what that all means. And then she utilizes that. He's afraid of nothing. And the way she said it, it was it was like demented. They are really sick. This is honestly, I thought Obama was bad. This is this is at a level I, I just never even imagined. And, and I usually see all of this coming ahead of time. And it succeeded my very, very low expectations. I mean, this group, they are so low life that jumping off the curb, they would suffer a fatal injury by the time they hit the ground. This is how absolutely corrupt this administration is. I I would urge you, don't even watch the the Merrick Garland testimony. It It was maddening. Every single bit of it, uh, evasive, answered nothing, got hit with such things as why do conservatives get hit with shackles and long guns and helicopters and breaking door down, battering rams and all kinds of heavy fire. And that this only happens. Think about it. Name an example where this happens to a Democrat. 
It is reserved completely for Republicans. You can't deny that. And by the way, he didn't. But he didn't answer the question. He evaded the question. Look, I understand uh, this guy has, I, I thought, and I said it at the time, I said this guy will bear watching and that he will be the most dangerous attorney general that we've ever had because he is so, so twisted about being denied a seat on the United States Supreme Court. Nominated, but never even got a hearing. And I'm so happy that happened, even though this is unfortunate. What has to happen now is is regrettable. But I'm so happy that happened. Imagine if this guy would be on the Supreme Court for life. I mean, what a service to the country Mitch McConnell did because he took a lot of heat for not scheduling the hearings. And they ran out the clock and President Trump got to make the appointment and the confirmation occurred with a Republican majority in the Senate. And that that you think about that. I forget which one, if it was um, Gorsuch for Garland. I think that I think that is right. What a trade. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is it's like getting Mickey Mantle, you know, or, or Mike Trout for who knows. I don't even want to insult anyone i mean what a what a trade what an upgrade but the byproduct of that the downside to that is and joe biden did it on purpose picked him to be attorney general and this guy has been absolutely vicious to anyone that is seen outside of the democrat sphere whether it was parents, this, and he lied about that. Oh, no, no, we, we say they have First Amendment rights. We never went after parents. It's right in the document, and yes, you did. Come on. You sick the FBI on parents that, that love their children unconditionally that were attending school board meetings, and you say you didn't. The document, we've published the document in articles that we've written on the app, on the website. They, they lie about everything. And, of course, the national media, mostly Democrat, they don't hold them accountable. You know, how long did Joe Biden get away with saying 9,000 uh, open permits uh, for oil? No, there aren't. And we kept telling you, no, there aren't. Nowhere near that. And even when there is a permit, they don't let you do it anyhow. Because everything they say, the exact opposite is true. Everything they say is a lie. Every single day. We are lied to. They do it with ease. They do it with great regularity. And they know they're going to get protected. They're not turning over documents. So get ready. I hope they do it. I hope they have the courage. Jim Jordan told me in advance that they that they do have the courage. I said, hey, are you, are you going to do what they did? You're going to subpoena stuff, and when you don't get it, hold them in contempt. And when you hold them in contempt, are you going to be referring them for criminal charges and to be indicted? Refer them to grand juries just like the Democrats did? 
And by the way, that was never done in American history like that. But there's no way they get they can get away with that. And then our side gets in and then they don't do it. Then they get in again and they do it all over again. And, and here's the thing. They keep getting worse. Each and every time Democrats get power, they get worse and worse and worse. Got to run for just a little bit. Don't go away. Our Fox, uh, Fox News commentary is up. This is the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's. You know it. You could finish it for me. Number one news talk radio station. All because of you. To which I say, thank you. Or can I do it like Joe Biden? Thank you. You made us number one. Thank you. I'm leaning into the mic and whispering. It's barely peaking on my radio board. He thinks when he whispers that it's some kind of amplification. He doesn't realize what a dope, what a fool he looks like. Fox News commentary. The people of Chicago have spoken and Mayor Lori Lightfoot is about to be unemployed. Bye-bye, Beetlejuice. More next. Inflation is nothing more than legalized theft. Hi, I'm Dr. Ron Paul, and to preserve your wealth, I highly recommend keeping physical gold in your retirement account. To learn more, text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold IRAs from Birch Gold, which is the only gold IRA company I trust. So text SHELTER to 989898 to request your free info kit right now. Chicago is riddled with crime, lawlessness, and homelessness, but many of us didn't think the voters would be wise enough to change course. Well, they made that first step this week by ousting their mayor, Lori Lightfoot. She is the first mayor in 40 years to lose re-election, and she lost by a lot. While her competitors failed to get 50% of the vote and will head to a runoff, she didn't even make that threshold. Nearly 86% of Chicago voters rejected Lightfoot. But care to guess why Lori Lightfoot says she lost? Well, of course, she blames racism, sexism, and discrimination. So she was elected on her merits, but not re-elected because Chicago Chicago is apparently now full of racist, sexist, homophobes. Oh, and crime, lawlessness, and homelessness. But I'm sure those things had nothing to do with it. What a woke joke. Lori, you lost. No excuses, no cards. But now, perhaps Chicago will begin its comeback tour. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is Fearless at Outkick.com. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Thanks for waking up early in the morning, 23 minutes past the hour. Well, I'm going to tell you why this happened. And I guess call it a good thing. Sirhan Sirhan was going to get out of prison. Two years ago, they voted to release him. The, the dopey, beyond crazy kook socialist near communist governor uh, Gavin the gravel man Newsom he's like a WWE character I don't know I don't know what he thinks he's doing but uh, have you noticed he's kind of fizzled he was never uh, I, I I think he was never going to be president but he thought he was so I can't guarantee you this but I know it's true you know, there's certain things you know, but you just can't prove them. Newsom overruled that decision. And I know the only reason he did it was because he was running for president. 
or thought he was running for president. If you remember, and I hope you do, because we're seemingly forgetting everything, not us, but you know what I'm saying. Sirhan Sirhan was convicted of assassinating Bobby Kennedy, who was 42 years old at the time, in the kitchen pantry of the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Uh, he was um, he was on his way. He was going to be president. He was going to defeat Richard Nixon. Nixon, it was his worst nightmare that he would lose to two Kennedys, and I think he would have. And this guy was going to get out of prison. Only politics, which I keep telling you, everything is political. Everything. And the more you think something is not, the more it is. Somebody said to me once, Little League's not political. I said, what? What are you talking about? You obviously don't know anything about Little League. My goodness. Cheerleading. Yes, it is. Everything is political. I'm telling you, no matter what, who gets picked, who doesn't, who starts, who doesn't, it's all political. Everything is political. And especially when they say it's not. Oh, I'm not being political. We're not political. Well, what are you saying that for? I just, just, just saying it. Say he was going to get out. Ethel Kennedy, six of her children, opposed parole for Sirhan Sirhan. Interesting to note, Robert Kennedy Jr. and Douglas Kennedy, they last year supported Sirhan Sirhan being paroled. I'm not going to criticize that. You know, that's, that's, that's on them. I I don't think I would ever be for something like that. If somebody killed my grandfather, uh, I would never, I would never come out publicly and say to pardon them. So we were tortured. I don't know if you remember, but I do. And I remember covering this in depth on the program. We were tortured with how, how beautiful, basically, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, the austere religious scholar a.k.a. terrorist who died, but the media made him like he was some wonderful church leader. Austere religious scholar. And then they talk about Republicans in the worst possible way. It's, it's really, it is amazing. I, I never cease to be amazed. Look at the rhetoric Joe Biden has for Republicans calling them horrible names all the time and doesn't have a word to say about Russia, China, North Korea, Iran. Who is it? Um, Iran is like on their clock, if you will, like two weeks away from being nuclear. I mean, and we're not even talking about it. It's unbelievable. We've got an incoherent president who's not present. And I told you how dangerous the world was going to become with Joe Biden as president, we were told just the opposite. So we knew that just the opposite of that would be true. We we needed a steady hand. Trump was a renegade. Trump's going to get us into wars. Trump is radical. I mean, now, all I can tell you is 
the four years of Trump, you didn't have any of this stuff going on. Everything was buttoned down and under control. Not this team. Just the opposite. Everything's a mess. $7.2 billion in really sophisticated weaponry and equipment left in Afghanistan. Of course, the Afghanistan debacle emboldened Putin to attack Ukraine. Biden said a mini incursion, you know, a small incursion would be okay. I mean, you just, you honestly, you can't, you can't make this stuff up if you tried. North Korea, Iran, everywhere. More dangerous, China, Russia. So getting back to Sirhan Sirhan, uh, they voted yesterday to not parole him. So he would be denied for at least another three years by the uh, panel of the California Parole Board. They said he's not suitable for release. But of course, the same people two years ago said that he should be paroled. He's a changed man. He's a beautiful man. And they will tell you how he's no risk of this or that. But don't worry, parents, they're a, a, a domestic terrorist risk. But Sirhan Sirhan, oh, no, 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 no. He's no risk at all. And there, my friends, there lies the problem. That's where we're at right now. Open forum coming up in a little over a half hour. John Zarek at eight. Let me let me take that back. We have Atlantic County Prosecutor Will Reynolds for the first half of the next hour. Open forum after that. John Zarek at eight. And we're going to introduce you. I have to find out. I'm not sure because I've heard it pronounced two different ways. He's either Levi Browdy or Levi Brody. Spelled B-R-O-W-D-E. You think that would make it foregone conclusion that it's Browdy, but it might not be. This much I do know. He's executive director of the Fallon Daffa Information Center. So that you understand that term, Fallon Daffa, D-A-F-A, is synonymous. It's the same as Fallon Gong which is a spiritual uh, movement that really gained significant momentum before the Chinese Communist Party dropped the, the hammer on them. And I am telling you, in, in criminal, reprehensible ways, persecuting them, harvesting while they're alive, harvesting their organs for transplantation. I mean, retaliated. You think, see, it's all a matter of degrees. You think retaliation, like with these scumbags in our government, what they do, that's one level. These Chinese communists, they take it to a level that is beyond humanity. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about the information center's work we're going to be talking about chinese american relations which obviously are in very very bad shape and tatters and a whole lot more uh that's coming up 
in the nine o'clock hour. And I, I do suspect that we'll have some time in the nine o'clock hour for some additional open forum. We'll be back more early in the morning after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three stories you can follow right now. The WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. WWE star Sonia Deville arrested in Atlantic City on a gun charge. We have the story. Check it out. Movies that were filmed in or that mention Atlantic City. That was so much fun to put together. And an Atlantic City official who is a city council candidate is facing an assault charge. That and more on the app. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A bunch of little weather nuisances today. We've got fog and rain showers throughout this morning. Then it's going to get increasingly windy later on. Breaks the sun this afternoon. High temperature 61. Wind gusts will actually peak this evening around 30 miles an hour. Partly cloudy and dry, low 35. Next storm system comes into play tomorrow. Rain showers in the afternoon. Heavy rain and wind tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. The number of people early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. The higher WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. We're back. It's 38 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Much to share with you and as always, more stuff than time. The Senate did vote. We talked about the House. Uh, the Senate did vote on uh, if you were with us when Mayor Von Real, the former mayor of Margate, called in. We talked about this uh, ESG, environmental, social governance. These woke freaks want to actually create a scenario where investing social issues And this wokeness would be brought into investing. It is it is so sick that you just can't believe. But you better believe that this and worse will continue to happen with these people. The Biden administration put a rule in place. So-called woke environmental social governance, ESG, for investing The Senate, because a couple of Democrats voted with the Republicans, Joe Manchin, you could you could name who would be capable of doing this. Not many, but it it actually passed 50 to 46 to block Biden's radical ESG rule. Biden, though, is going to veto it. And unfortunately, the votes will not be there to override the veto so this insanity is going to stay in place they're making stuff up i mean stuff that isn't even real they're they're just making it up out of whole cloth esg is a term for making investments in an environmentally conscious or otherwise ethical way can you believe this the rule that people are upset about and should be is that a money manager can consider climate change and other ESG factors 
in promoting various retirement investments. So it wouldn't be just based upon the long-term standing of a particular investment. They will be bringing in their crazy wokeness. And see, remember, whenever you bring ambiguity into something that should be completely the opposite, unambiguous, they get more and more and more control, which is what it's all about. They want to control our lives. They want to control your health care. They want to control your food, how much you can have. Uh, they want to control your energy. It's, it is, I mean, they're, they're, I'm telling you, they're still on this natural gas thing, even though the Biden's, oh, no, no, that's never happening. We're not discontinuing natural gas stoves. They're, they're not stopping. I don't know if I'm going to get to it this hour, but I have a report how they're continuing. They're having hearings. They're continuing with this, oh, the natural gas stoves are hazardous to people's health. But then, then they, what, they want you to have an electric stove, which would bankrupt many restaurants that would not be able to pay the electric bill so expensive. And it, they don't want it. It doesn't cook as evenly, as well as natural gas. It's really unbelievable. And what Biden did here, he's replacing a rule from the Trump era that Biden says discourages these considerations of woke environmental social investing. So again, it's the Biden's the antithesis of Trump. That's why we have all these problems. The country was going very, very well until this guy. He undid all these things with with executive orders and then other radical things that they put into place. So the House passed it. And when I say passed, they passed discontinuing the rule. The Senate passed discontinuing the rule. But Biden, it'll be the first veto of his presidency. And unfortunately, the veto doesn't have the votes to overturn it which they know. So it's going to fail and the woke agenda is going to stand. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? So now you can't even make an investment anymore based on unambiguous factors. Now it is some manager will be deciding that this is what we're going to put in because they're very woke They're very energy, you know, conservation conscious and any other crazy woke determination that they want to make. What I'm trying to say, what am I saying? I'm trying to say there's no boundaries with these people. They are coming at you every way you can. I saw a report on the Fox News channel yesterday. No, actually, it was this morning, but I get up so early that it feels like a day ago about three or four hours ago. They want to audit. The IRS wants to audit more white people and more Asian people because they feel that they have such an advantage that... Now, think about this. If that's not the definition of weaponizing the different apparatchik of government, I mean, what is? 
you're you're going to choose someone by the color of their skin or their ethnicity to be audited that not on the basis of just randomly auditing and finding a discrepancy in a tax return. I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know how many of you believe me, but I work very hard to tell you the truth and to bring you things that you're not getting from anywhere else. Can you imagine that that's what they're preparing to do? Of course you can. Because everything they do is to divide. Everything they do is race baiting. This is perfectly in keeping. Imagine, yeah, we're only we're going to disproportionately audit white people and Asians. I'll tell you what. Asians get it stuck to them at every turn. This is coming out with college admissions. They have some secret score where they say that Asians uh, are not personable. And they, they, they rank them down because of this, this completely racist, biased calculation that they decide that there are people that aren't friendly or something. I mean, it's, it, we are living in an age of madness. And it, I'm telling you, it's, it's just getting infinitely worse by the day. I'm telling you, we, we have to survive these lunatics. We can't get to 2024 fast enough. And, and this I'm telling you, if they win in 2024, then I'm going to be talking about other things for the rest of my broadcasting career because the, the, the game will be over at that point. There will be no winning. I still only believe we can now slow it down. I think they're going to win. And I really think the only thing we can do is curtail it, slow it down for a certain period of time. I, I don't think we can win because they just have they have too much. They use our money against us. And they have power in every single imaginable and unimaginable aspect in our lives. Seriously, when I heard this morning that they're going to audit whites and Asians disproportionately because they are white and Asian, I, I, I mean, they don't even hide this anymore. This is in your face. We are coming after you. And still half the country votes for these people. What is wrong with these people? I can't even I can't even understand it. I can't process it, but they do. We'll be back. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. So I mentioned about a half hour ago that Jim Jordan had he made a lot of promises and he's been delivering and keeping all of them that he can. Uh, working very, very hard. He is the House Judiciary Committee chairman, and he released yesterday that the Department of Justice has begun finally to hand over files relevant to the accusations that the Department of Justice targeted parents who were critical of their school boards and the school systems where their children uh, were being indoctrinated and you know put through, um, put through the, the meat grinder. 
So, so far, the FBI has turned over four documents. Whoop-de-doo, right? Uh, if you remember, and boy, did we cover it at length, and I was incensed by this, with, with actual terrorists that they coddle and these political criminals, the Biden crime wave and all these people, they, they, they decided to make criminals out of parents who love their children and were attending school board meetings. I don't care what Merrick Garland says and what he doesn't say. I read the memo. I know what I read. I know what it says. And they were coming after parents and they were to be treated as domestic terrorists. That is so over the top. The October 2021 memo. What I always say, the Democrats, and they they do it every single time. Thank God they do it because they can't help themselves. So they always go too far. And this is actually what led to the election of Glenn Youngkin. Terry McAwful was awful, and yet he was winning. And he was going to win a second non-consecutive term in Virginia. I don't know if you know this, but in the Commonwealth of Virginia, you can only serve one term, and then then you're done. You can come back. They don't even have term limits at all, but you cannot serve a second term consecutively. So in Virginia, it was like a musical chairs thing. You would be governor, then you'd be senator, then you'd be a house member, then you'd be governor again. I mean, it was, you know, all over the place like that. I guarantee you it's, it's unprovable, but I guarantee you it's true. Youngkin would not have become governor without this. When Terry McAwful said that parents should have no say in their children's education, I remember coming on the next morning and saying to you, it's over. He just lost the election. He just doesn't know it yet. And it took some time and momentum to build. And then it, it just gained such momentum that even the Democrat media that was trying its best to stuff the genie back in the bottle. Haji would have none of it and popped out and the rest is history. Yunkin wins. McAwful loses. Parents win. Then I said the next thing that's going to happen, you're going to have parents and others running for these school board seats and they're going to be knocking these radical people out of their seats. And it's been happening, fortunately, with some regularity, and, and, and I, I believe this so strongly. That's where it starts. If your local school board is appointed, ask your mayor to appoint you to the school board. If your local school board is elected, and it's hard for me to say this because it's such a filthy process anymore, and a lot of good people don't want to subject themselves and their spouses and their children, grandchildren, to things like this, but consider running for a school board seat consider running for your local office county state beyond because we need good people that are willing to step up otherwise i promise you the bad people will you know we're reporting on and look i believe in innocence until proven guilty but we're reporting on last night and, and this morning on the app about the 
treasurer and a commissioner of the Atlantic Sea Housing Authority. And he's due to be in court today unless it is changed for some reason over simple assault charges. Uh, of course, endorsed by Marty Small. What a surprise, right? Uh, and this is somebody that's running in the sixth ward, endorsed by Marty, uh, challenging Jesse Kurtz, who's the incumbent in the sixth ward. And if you look at it, I mean, again, innocent until proven guilty, but you've got the one council member who everybody says doesn't live in Atlantic City. You've got the one that had charges hanging over him that evidently, uh, because of lack of evidence, they were dismissed. Uh, a lot of people were suspect about all of that. Uh, now you've got this guy. I mean, it's it's like you, you can't find people that, that don't have this stuff going on or allegedly this stuff going on. And uh, good people just don't. And I, look, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. I did it twice. I put my name on the ballot twice. I was appointed twice to my local board of education. So I, I've, I did as I'm, as I'm asking. Because if good people don't step up, that vacuum will be filled by horrifically bad people. Make no mistake about it. And then what do they say? Sort of, you always do what you did. You always get what you got. You know, something like that. That's what we're going to get. We're going to get Marty Small, uh, Ernest Corsi. This will be the kind of people that you get. Good people have to step up at every single level. And I'll tell you, a lot, a lot. Now, I know thorough and efficient education by New Jersey standard means that if it is included in what's called T&E, thorough and efficient, you can't take it out. So we'll call that non-discretionary. But the discretionary areas, you can still, you can still effectuate positive change. Eliminating these sexual books that they're putting in the hands of 11 years old, 11-year-old children, it's terrible. I can't even say what these books have in them. It's so pornographic. And 11-year-olds are being recommended. This one child uh, came on Fox News Channel yesterday and said, yeah, I I checked out this one book because he was going to blow the whistle is why he checked it out. And the librarian said, and we have these other ones too. They were even worse. I mean, I don't know what this desire is to groom, to sexualize, to indoctrinate. I have no idea. I mean, yes, I do. It's about control. It's about get them while they're young and you've got them. And think about it. The younger generations right now are largely liberal. And listen, I don't blame them. It's, it's all around them. They get this stuff jammed down their throats. They believe it. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. 
to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Wonderful news. from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley. May it continue to happen again and again and again. 95.5. Six minutes past the hour. Welcome to the Truth in Broadcasting. I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. 95.5 because of you. South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. You've done it again and again and again for us. And we, um, I just can't properly thank you. So I just always remember to thank you each and every day. There's a big event that's taking place. We're going to update everyone on that, or I should say our esteemed prosecutor, the Honorable William E. Reynolds, Atlanta County Prosecutor, is standing by on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker hotline. Uh, but first, we're going to get an update on um, the office of Atlanta County Prosecutor. What's happening? Anything by way of update that the prosecutor would like to do? But first, we wish you a very good morning. But I know you didn't just wake up. You're, you're a very Hurley riser because grinders grind, don't they? Hey, amen, brother. Uh, the phone was binging all night. We had uh, some fatal fatal motor vehicle accidents oh. and a sex assault that happened overnight that my phone uh, was definitely ringing and uh, text messages, emails, and uh, and phone calls. But, you know, it's part of the job. It's what I signed up for, and uh, I couldn't agree more. We share the, the moniker of Grinder. Uh, I actually have used it in, in some private and public spaces, and, you know, I describe it as... Uh, you know, it's the mentality, and I use the terminology because my kids play ice hockey and lacrosse. You know, no easy pucks in the corner, no easy ground balls in lacrosse. Every single one's going to be a street fight, brother, and that's, that's every day. That's every day. And, I, and by the way, with that work ethic, you really have a good chance of a favorable result because it's nearly impossible to outwork a grinder. Yeah, listen, we will not be deterred, right? It's uh, it's it's almost like it's embedded in your DNA. But I, I want to use that as a segue, Harry, because I want to I want to tell you about like the last, you know, like week to ten days on a legal side and then on a community outreach side. So literally, our office uh, in the last few weeks have have gotten, and I'm going to call the gentleman. He was a pimp, right? We convicted a pimp of human trafficking. Right. And promoting prostitution. And he's looking at 20 to life convicted guilty verdict tried by one of our APs Mm. Uh, just last week. Guilty verdict on a homicide trial. Guilty of murder. Right. A murderer is going to go to jail. 20 to life. Right. Guilty verdict. They did not accept the plea agreement. We did not resolve it. Went to a jury of their peers. Guilty. Right. Super proud of our office because that takes so many people to get those guilty verdicts between the the trial lawyer, the second chair the detectives who did the investigation and then the detectives who do the trial prep and the victim witness advocate to talk to the victim or the victim survivors, right? Awesome teamwork. In addition to that, gang criminality. We are number one in the state in getting convictions on gang criminality. Two more uh, members of a gang pled, and they're looking at 20-year shots. Other county prosecutors can't get 20 years on a homicide. We're getting it on, on conspiracy to commit homicide on gang criminality, right? So super proud of the, of the work that the office is doing and super proud of the teamwork because it takes every single unit in our office to achieve those results. And I think that that is sometimes lost 
uh, on the public because people are looking at us doing, you know, community outreach and being at all these events. And uh, we know that our primary function is to prosecute cases that's not lost on us. And our prim- primary function is not only to solve crime, but to deter crime. And that's one of the things that we have been focused on uh, from day one. And, Harry, you can't do it without great leadership in the office. I, I had a uh, consultation with one of my sons with a very well-known uh, orthopedic surgeon in Atlantic County for my son, Tan. He broke it playing sports, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to get the cast off, and the conversation went like this. How are you running the office when you're out doing all this stuff? And I see you everywhere doing the community outreach. And I explained to him, I have two guys in the office. And I use the football analogy because, you know, the, my connection with the, with the orthopedic surgeons through Holy Spirit football and his family, right? I'm like, listen, I'm the head coach. I got a great offensive coordinator, great defense coordinator, great special teams coordinator, great quality control, and I got a great PR specialist, right? So I got everybody coming in one direction. So the two guys that run the office, uh, from a legal standpoint, Eric Bergman from Ventnor, Holy Spirit guy, road crew, dad was the Holy Spirit coach, uh, and University Penn coach, and on the detective side, Pat Snyder, Brigantine guy, Holy Spirit guy, played football, uh, Brigantine cop, and then graduated to be a detective out at the office and ran homicide for, for a, uh, a almost a decade and a half, like 14 years, right? So I have two quality coordinators that helped me run the office. And without that leadership team, I wouldn't be able to do everything that I do. So that, that has been an amazing, um, an amazing, uh, collaboration of guys that are in it for the right reason to serve the citizens of Atlanta County and do the best we possibly can. Can I make an observation for you to amplify it? Because I, I, I think this has, um, merit to it. People also should keep in mind, they shouldn't, have to worry and think about it and you know strain themselves every day oh my god they're doing so many things we don't know about but you are also doing a slew of things that the public can't know about right now because they they could and i i'm not saying anything i don't know either we only know what we know we know what you release i will say this um the atlantic county prosecutor's office has never been better in my 31 year career promptly putting out information to the public and i know that's part of your uh reynolds doctrine of you you have the term i forget what it's called but radical trans uh transparency or you 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 fill that in in a second when i finish my little preamble here but there are a lot of things that you and your team are working on that we don't even know about on top of everything that we do hear about that that is correct, and uh, the the phone never stops. You know the the revolving door of meetings to handle emergent issues that come forward, in addition to long term investigations that sometimes last years. So you are correct. There is a whole nother layer, or I should say, uh, if you use the analogy of uh, of an onion, there are a lot of layers to what's going on out at the county prosecutor's office. And one of the things that, that you just hit the nail on the head on is that we feel it's our, our obligation to the public to release the information as timely and as completely as possible because we are public servants and we are working for the people. Without a doubt. Let's take a brief time out. If you have more update, the time is yours. And then when you're ready, uh, the Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds is going to tell you about a symposium 
which I think is very special, and I think it's very important. And you're going to hear about it before the bottom of the hour. We have the Atlanta County Prosecutor until the bottom of the hour. Rick Santoro, who is a protection uh, security expert, he's going to join us at 735. And I sent him a copy as soon as I filed it. I sent it. I have a distribution of key people that I like them to see what I'm working on, whether it's movies that were made in Atlantic City. And it's the same people I send that to as a trooper shot in his leg overnight, uh, as is the story that we were the first local to break it. TMZ was first. We appear to have been second, which was amazing because of a dear friend of mine that tipped me off. And and, and I thank him or her for it so very much. The um, The story is about the WWE superstar who I, I think it's very much like the um, – Pennsylvania State Trooper she confidently came into New Jersey with her weapon, got stopped, told the police officer at the stop that my my I have a weapon in my glove box. Bam! Didn't realize the New Jersey law put her in, in an absolute hellstorm. And without the pardon of Governor Christie, I think she was going to lose her job, potentially go to jail. I mean, it's a mess. Uh, and I really do believe this WWE star uh, is victim to that. Her her weapon is legal in Florida, uh, but not legal to transport here in New Jersey by New Jersey state law. So unfortunately, and it seems like it comes down to a valet claim ticket because everybody wants to know, hey, well, what's a valet parker going in the glove box of, of somebody for? Uh, and it's because if you don't have your ticket, you don't want just anybody, hey, that's my car. They got You got to prove it's you. So the, the, it appears the valet parking attendant was given permission to go into the glove box, further proving that she didn't believe she did anything wrong, that her gun is registered and legal, but not legal in the New Jersey sense. So, boom, they have – and I can tell you as a former hotel executive, they have a duty. They, you know, they move a seat back and forth when they get in the car. They may be bigger than you, smaller than you. Uh, they move the seat. All of a sudden, there's a gun staring at them. They've got to report it. So once it's reported, then the law takes over from there. So we're going to chat about that after the bottom of the hour break with Rick. If uh, the prosecutor has any comment about that, it's an Atlantic City Police Department matter at this point. Uh, time is yours on that as well, prosecutor. But I know we've got a lot of ground to cover. Let me get the break in so that we'll have about 10 minutes to do that when we come back. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They just raided Mar-a-Lago. How did the FBI treat Hillary Clinton, who had more top-secret classified information on her private servers than Donald Trump had in a secure room that the FBI had complete access to anytime they wanted it, because they're the ones that asked for the padlock to be put on the door of, of the room where they eventually found documents, and they could have taken them the day that they were there. Nobody would have stopped them. But Hillary Clinton, you know, what do we have with her? Oh, no prosecutor would ever prosecute. And she had far more top secret classified documents than anything ever found at Mar-a-Lago. She was never raided. No prosecutor would ever prosecute. That was in the July of 2016. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. I want to remind you about something that you wouldn't think could happen, but it can, and it's people can steal your home. My friend had his home stolen. 
The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners. And that's why I protect my home with home title lock. And you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you, but Home Title Lock does. They want to give you an absolutely free, no obligation uh, verification that your home is still in your name. You register for 30 days of protection for free. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Sean, an absolutely free, no obligation. That's Home Title Lock. Dot com. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. And that is because of you, and we thank you for 21 minutes past the hour with your Atlanta County prosecutor. I guess that would make him my Atlanta County prosecutor, too. Be a little bit uh, uh, singular there on that, because he is. Will Reynolds continues. Mr. Prosecutor, time is yours. Harry, appreciate it. I want to give the uh, listening audience uh, an update on our community outreach piece as well, because I think that ties into being able to do the law and order piece that we build trust with the community. Uh, just in the last week, we've had outreach events for Read Across America in just about every school or every school district in Atlanta County, uh, Margate, Galloway, Abseekin, Brigantine, you name it, we're in all the schools, and that's members of our office going out and reading the children. Uh, we also instituted a reach out to uh, the county through Meadowview Nursing Home and uh, the Veterans Administration to read to our elderly and our vets. We also are going to the ARC on Friday, reading to the, uh, to the Association of Retarded Citizens, which is amazing that people in our office uh, made that decision that we should extend that program to them as well. Uh, we did an elder fraud seminar yesterday in Galloway with the FBI at the Senior Center, uh, invited by Mayor Coppola, uh, asking us to come out to educate his citizens. Great uh, community outreach there. In addition to that, Harry uh, met with Jewish Family Services to collaborate on helping the, the at-risk population in Atlantic City. Met with Creta, got an update on the lights. Harry, almost 900 lights have been fixed. Only 82 need parts and 84 need power brought to them. Uh, an amazing journey with that. And uh, on top of all that, Harry, we have, uh, we have literally made connections at every level at state and federal uh, government. Had a very nice, long conversation with the U.S. attorney coming down to our office uh, in the next few weeks here to partner up with that violent crime initiative to take all violent criminals targeted off the street. So uh, an amazing run of things that we're doing to, one, let the public know how much we care, and two, uh, to collaborate with uh, other agencies to help, you know, do what we need to do to better serve the citizens of Atlanta County. Uh, an amazing, amazing microcosm of what our what our organization is doing in a very short period of time. Prosecutor, proud of it. Prosecutor you should be, and that is a great comprehensive update of the state of the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office from such a wide spectrum of observation, including the community outreach and then the other core functions of your organization. Very, very impressive. And the uh, the attention to detail and the relentless pursuit that your uh, organization exhibits is um, it's inspiring. I'm excited about what we're going to conclude with. Uh, the Atlanta County Prosecutor's Office is presenting Women in Public Safety Symposium. It's less than a week away. I've teed it up. You take it away, prosecutor. 
So Tuesday, March 8th at the uh, Student Center uh, at Stockton on uh, 101 Vera uh, Ferris King Drive uh, is going to be an amazing event because we're shining light on the fact that uh, it is a blind spot in law enforcement. We need uh, more women to be uh, not only engaged but employed in law enforcement positions. Harry, I'm, you know, I'm a numbers guy and a statistics guy, 12% nationwide women sworn officers. In the county of Atlantic, 11.85%. One thing I'm very proud of, our office, 28.5% is uh, the women in our detective division make up 28.75%. Uh, so, so what we're doing is we're bringing down the number two law enforcement official in the state of New Jersey, Lindsay Rotolo, who is a former U.S. attorney, who is a former Union County prosecutor, held the same seat I do, uh, a former head of Division of Criminal Justice and now the first assistant attorney general to come down to Atlantic County. And we're, we're partnering with 20 other law enforcement agencies to shine a light on this, to show women that there's opportunities in law enforcement. And, Harry, I, I love to personalize it. And I'm going to tell you why the, I'm passionate about this and why I believe it's so important, not only uh, from a common sense standpoint, but I grew up in a household with four boys and my father, and my mom was the strongest person in the house. She was outvoted five to one, but won every election, <laughs> right? You talk about putting your name on the ballot. She put her on the ballot every single day in our house and battled five men to win. Harry, she was a pioneer. She was the president of Lady Elks in Brigantine. She was the president of the White Collar Workers in Brigantine. She created her, her own union. She negotiated her own contracts. She brought the ladies of City Hall, the white collar workers, from $7,500 and no pension and no benefits to $28,000 with pension and benefits. And when she passed away in 02, uh, her salary was about $70,000 a year. She got a fair wage for women that were running the city of Brigantine. And that whole side of City Hall were called the white collar workers. And that was started by my mother with the assistance of my father. So I saw what a strong woman can do, the influence and power that she had, not only over us, but helping so many other people. And Harry, she cooked every roast beef for every beef and beer in the city of Brigantine for about three decades, right? So now it's just now you're, you're going over the top. Now we're talking well-rounded on top of the other greatness. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're not kidding. She, Harry, every day before she went to work, she she cleaned the whole house, did our laundry, made all our beds, had dinner on the table at night, and worked a full time job and raised four boys. And uh, well, well, listen, you know the Tom Hurley doctrine. My dad, if you want something done right, who do you give it to? <laughs> Mom, a, a busy person. <laughs> yeah, a busy person, no doubt. Because no they'll doubt. always get one more thing done. I don't know how they do it. But they'll, okay, yeah, give it to the busy one because they'll always get one more thing done. The lazy people, I have no time. I have no time to do that. You can't give this to me. I'm already busy doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no true. doubt, no doubt. So, so, so just to wrap up the uh, Women in, in Law Symposium, it's going to be at Stockton. It's also going to be streamed online. Uh, the, you can show up the day of the event and register at 8 o'clock in the morning. We also have an Eventbrite link that's going to be put out through our office and through social media. You can go on and register in advance. And, Harry, anyone who's interested in having a wife, a daughter, a niece, anyone that would want to have a woman involved in law enforcement, it would be a must-attend because there's going to be opportunities and relationship building that you wouldn't otherwise get anywhere with all of those partners in one place. We, while we have two minutes, because you were very efficient, and I thank you, we have Rick Santoro coming up next. We're going to talk about the WWE uh, wrestler and uh, Tanya and her her incident 
with a firearm in her car and the I know what's going to unfold from here because we've seen it. We've seen it happen before. Uh, In any event, we'll talk about that after the prosecutor. In terms of law enforcement, do do you see currently uh, a difficulty in recruitment where people that I mean, it used to be I think it was Joe O'Donohue who who said and this was he was quoted yesterday by one of our guests. I don't know why I'm forgetting who said it to me, but um, somebody that we all know uh, that if you had one police officer opening, 500 people would apply for it. Uh, that's not the case anymore, is it? It is not the case, and that's exactly why I'm shedding light on on an issue like this where there's a blind spot where we lack women in law enforcement, but you are 100% correct. The application numbers are way down. People are just not interested in the job. That's We need to, we need to regenerate that interest. Harry, it's one of the reasons why uh, I made it one of my missions to change the public perception on the prosecutor's office and law enforcement in yeah. Atlanta County because we need more good people on our team. To, to, to fix what's broken, we have to know causation. Here's what I believe the cause is, because that was a very desirable job. I mean, you tried to angle to become an Atlantic City police officer. If you started in Ventnor, like my twin brother did, well, actually, Don started in Longport as a dispatcher. A short time later, police officer in Ventnor and ultimately uh, police officer and PBA president in Atlantic City. You wanted to be in Atlantic City. Uh, now people are leaving Atlantic City to go to other departments. That never happened before. But on the general topic of why is this vocation less desirable, I, I truly believe that the last couple of years – of wokeness, brokeness, jokeness, uh, summer of love, not sticking up for the police, making the police the bad guy. Uh, I, I know you don't get political, but I'm not getting political. This is real. These officers were had frozen water bottles thrown at them, spit on, urinated on, uh, car set on fire, cameras one inch from their nose, goading them. You can't do nothing. You know, look at and a camera in your face. I mean, stuff no one would have ever done before. Then they feel that if they do their job, they might get criminally charged, lose their pensions, lose their freedom, lose their families. And I can't blame them. That's what I think the problem is. They don't feel supported. And, and Harry, it's exactly wh- why I'm supporting law enforcement 100% out changing the public perception and, and gathering support for law enforcement. They're just like in any, any other profession. There's, there's good lawyers. There's bad lawyers. There's good police officers. There's bad police officers. What we need to do is shine a light on all the good that they're doing. And it's part of our public uh, you know, community outreach piece. And, Harry, I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> and without getting political, you saw what happened to the mayor of Chicago, right? Yep. yep. Woke's over. Yep. So, Good. Right. So Good. people are hungry for law enforcement, people for upholding the rule of law. And it's one of the things that is a primary tenant in our administration is our primary function is to prosecute cases and uphold the rule of law. Right. Prosecutor, Amen. honor to present you until next time. I'm already looking forward to it. Harry, I appreciate the opportunity and appreciate your listening audience and their attention because people are listening because everywhere I go, they tell me they hear me on your show. So thank you. Thank you, Prosecutor. Keep keep keeping us safe. You are and your team. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a news item that we broke locally in fairness and we always credit. That's what you're supposed to do in my business. TMZ was the first to report it and we put that in our article. Uh, but we wrote, wrote locally first about the WWE 
female star uh, who had her weapon in her car. There's so many extenuating circumstances. Uh, she had a very serious uh, domestic threat a couple of years ago, got a weapon, legally uh, registered it, and thought that she was traveling. This, this is why I really believe – I'm, I'm anxious to hear what Rick Santoro is going to say about this. And, and let's be fair, we don't know all the circumstances, but we know enough to have an initial conversation about this. We've got to have this so that the Constitution provides you with the right. This shouldn't be that, oops, I, I went over a state line and, and, and I, oh, my God, I got stopped and now I'm a criminal. Uh, we, we've got to stop that. Like the Pennsylvania trooper, state trooper didn't know when she came over into New Jersey that she couldn't have the weapon. How's that even allowed? I don't even, I don't even understand that. Because, I mean, New Jersey police officers, as long as you do you, the administrative paperwork that you have to do and you and twice a year you qualify every six months, you can carry. A police officer should be able to carry. That was ridiculous. Now, the wrestler, this is a different, uh, a different situation. But I, I think if somebody is not a criminal and they lawfully have a weapon, uh, they should be permitted to carry that weapon. What what's what's you know what are you safe safe somewhere and not safe somewhere else? If you have a threat, that threat travels with you. So I don't like anything about this, and and it's no criticism of the Atlantic City Police. They're doing their job, and people are, have to get educated and understand because everybody wrote on my post, "What's the valet doing in her glove box?" That's my question. What are they? What you doing in a glove box? Well, there is a reason why that happened. And we found out about it last night when I received a phone call from a law enforcement friend of exactly what happened here. All right, we'll be back. Rick Santoro will join us next. It is the Hurley in the Morning program. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley, three stories that you can follow right now on the app. We just added one with, uh, sadly, the New Jersey State Trooper that was shot in the leg. But fortunately, non-life-threatening injuries is what we've been told. WWE star Sonia Deville arrested in Atlantic City on the gun charge. We're going to talk about it next with Rick Santoro. Movies that were filmed in or that mention Atlantic City. What fun that was to put together. And an Atlantic City official who is a city council candidate is facing a simple assault charge. From the Townsquare, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. It's a foggy, showery morning, and the dismal weather will be with us until late morning. Then we'll catch breaks of sun this afternoon, turning breezy later on with a high of 61 degrees. Downright windy this evening, otherwise partly cloudy and dry overnight, low 35. Tomorrow, early sun gives way to clouds. Then our weather goes downhill. Showers tomorrow afternoon, brunt of the storm tomorrow night. It's all about rain and wind. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Welcome back. It's 40 minutes past the hour, so we have the next 20 minutes. We have a quick break that we'll take in about five or seven minutes, and then we'll have a good 10 minutes uninterrupted with Rick Santoro. Let me share two quick housekeeping items. The great J. Edward Klein is the one that hired Will Reynolds' mom. 
I want to salute Ed, former assemblyman, and of course, the former longtime mayor of Brigantine. And also an example of something that never, ever happened for decades and decades and decades, all of our life until now. An Alaxi police officer was just sworn in as a Galloway Township police officer Tuesday of this week. In, in the entire course of human events, that stuff never happened. You never left Atlanta. And that's nothing against Galloway or anywhere else, like Harbor Township. These are all great police departments. But there is a reason for all of this. Make no mistake about it. Things that are happening that never happened before, uh, there, there, there are reasons for all of it. Joining us now is uh, security and protection expert Rick Santoro on WWE star wrestler Sonia Deville, who was charged with one count of unlawful weapon possession, a handgun, without possessing the required permit to carry and I'll tell you what, unless Governor Phil Murphy like does a Governor Christie does like a, a pardon deal or something, this woman is in the midst of a living hell that's going to unfold. Enter to the scene, Rick Santoro. Am I correct? Well, I have a different perspective, Harry, um, because of a couple different things. First of all, the laws of the land of the state of New Jersey strictly prohibit possessing or carrying a firearm unless you're licensed to do so. In addition to that, New Jersey is a non-reciprocal state, which means permit holders from other states are not permitted. I'll extend that to say law enforcement. By the way, though, didn't the Supreme Court decision countermand that, Rick? I don't, you and I don't have a split decision here. I know the law and you know I know the law. But Franklin once said, Ben Franklin said, if that be the law, then the law be an ass. Because it, I know ignorance is no excuse. You can't say, oh, I'm ignorant. I had to go. I didn't know. But come on. If you, you know, most people, even a Pennsylvania state trooper, thought that she was good to go. I'm a cop. I'm, I'm, I'm across five steps. I'm, I'm legal. And one inch later, I'm illegal. Uh, I thought the Supreme Court ruling knocked all of that out. Well, well, listen, let's talk about this case. If the facts are way I'm hearing it, she wasn't carrying that gun. She left it unsecured in a vehicle That's true. in the glove compartment. Yeah. How long is that vehicle short parked in the driveway, unlocked? How many people occasionally get into these valet garages and steal from the cars in spite of them being locked down? You know, that's irresponsible. That's a very good point. Now, you do know, and I think a lot of people either find out like right before or knew about it from past visits that you can't have the weapon in the casino to begin with. So maybe that'll be tested someday as well. But I'm not going to I'm not going to debate that point because you win on that point. Uh, That was reckless. But I guess she felt I can't bring it into the casino. uh, So I'll keep it in the car. If, if she doesn't lose her valet ticket, the valet parking attendant never goes into the glove box, and we're not even talking about this. But yet the facts are what they are, and they are as you say. The, the other thing is that presently there is no way for officials in New Jersey or anybody to authenticate a 
permit to carry credential that someone brings in. This is not, she's not going to be the last person. She wasn't the first and she's not going to be the last. Well, it really, it really begs the question though, Rick, and I know where you're coming from. You're a strict law enforcement guy and you're a great one, but I think that the concealed carry, um, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of open carry, but I'm not opposed to it either. But concealed carry, I think it should be reciprocal throughout the country because many, I don't have the list in front of me, many states, she would have been legal. She's not clearly not legal in the state of New Jersey. So, look, I'm not I'm not putting on a huge defense for Sonia DeVille. Uh, I don't believe she intended to commit any crime. But again, unless you're uh, a political favorite, you know, intent only matters if you're Hillary Clinton or the Biden family. Nobody else. They don't care that it wasn't your intent. They just lock your ass up uh, and charge you. But uh, I don't think her intent was to commit a crime, and I believe she thought that her permit that she had in Florida was reciprocal uh, because a lot of people mistakenly believe that. Yes, it ha- it happens frequently. I agree. New Jersey should be a reciprocal state. It would make it so much easier. And there is a method for people that, you know, law enforcement would come in from out of state and, and or even law enforcement from this state when they're staying. They would approach a front desk or they would let someone in security know, I, I have a firearm, I don't want to leave it in my room. And they would make arrangements to lock the firearm up at the, um, at the front desk in the safe deposit box or a safe that was in the security office. So for people who know or ask or disclose, but there's also very stringent rules on the operators. Uh, now, you have to separate. This was a hotel event. This was not on the casino floor that has even stricter, more specific rules about carrying firearms that the DGE enforces on that side. By, by the way, is it only the casino floor that it's illegal, or is it the entire casino property? As far as I know, based on my recollection, it was the casino floor. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think you're absolutely right about that. I just wanted to, to cover that. Let's go back to my opening comment, which you disagreed with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on it. I said that she is going to be in a living hell because I know the New Jersey law. You don't disagree with that, do you? I mean, they got her. The gun was in the car. The gun is hers. I don't think there's no way to deny that the gun is hers. It's licensed in Florida. It's not in New Jersey. Uh, she has a serious weapons charge, does she not? Yes, it's a serious charge. I don't know what the how much wiggle room there is for her to plead it down or plead circumstances. But the fact, again, that she wasn't carrying the gun, the gun was stored irresponsibly. It was an accident. You know, again, how long are these vehicles in the driveway? Who, how many people go in that vehicle? Our valets and valets that work, are, you've overseen valet operations. Most of them are hardworking men and women, honest, but occasionally uh, they go bad. And they, you know, would swipe a weapon or things are missing. I mean, we ran bait car for years and videotaped, uh, you know, valets searching through cars. Uh, most of the cases of firearms were covered were accidental. Sometimes it was purses turned into the security podium that uh, the security guards are going through the purse and there's a firearm in there or drugs in there. And that person would come up and boom, they were charged, Ohio or anywhere else. Way back when at the Golden Luck in Atlantic City, we had an incident and we learned this early on. 
A customer left a gun in a room. Not, it was non-DGE jurisdiction. Left it in a hotel room. So there's a chain of command. I'm the lowest one, an investigator. Then there was a supervisor. Then there was a lieutenant, a captain, and a director. I get the call. Rick, go up to this room, whatever it is. Recover this firearm. A guest left it there. Bring it down to the office. You know, render it safe. All right, Cap. I get it. Bring it down. Do what he says. You know, make sure it's unloaded. We put it in the safe. The guy's supposed to come. Three, four hours later, the weirdest thing happens. They call me, Rick, go back, get the gun, go back, put it in the room. The guy's going to recover from the room. He's going to go to the front desk and identify himself. Okay, sounds a little fishy, but just just take care of it. He's a big customer, whatever. So that's what we did. Wow. Don't you know that, that the director of security at the time, his license was suspended for a month. The captain was suspended for three weeks. The supervisor was suspended for two weeks, and my license, gaming license, was suspended for a week because of this indiscretion. And by, by the way, I'm not surprised that not not you. You you're, you know you're following a bad order. That was a terrible, terrible order that you were given. Hold it right there. Uh, hold the presses. We'll be right back with Rick Santoro after this. If you love South Jersey's talk station, then the WPG Talk Radio app is a must-have on your phone. Listen to all your favorite talk shows around the clock and instantly call them with just the tap of your finger. Text the WPG Talk Radio studio. Send us your pictures and videos of breaking news and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app, a free download from South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Visiting with Rick Santoro, security and protection expert. We're discussing the WWE star wrestler Sonia Deville. Uh, I think her last name is like Barbaretto or something like that. It's in the article. Uh, that's her stage name, the Sonia Deville. Uh, arrested in Atlantic City on the uh, on the gun charge, the weapon in the glove box of her car that was discovered by a valet parking attendant. It, it appears that she lost her valet parking uh, ticket, and so you got to do this because anybody could say, "Hey, that Mercedes is mine, but I don't have my ticket. Just let me go." You, you have to prove you're you. So the valet parking attendant was given permission to go into the glove box. Because a lot of people had questioned, like, what's the valet parking attendant going in the glove box in the first place? Well, this is why. Uh, And then, you know, there's the gun. And then the rest uh, is history. What do you think happens from here? Uh, I can I can report, uh, but I'm not going to reveal the attorney's name. Uh, I know the attorney now who Sonia Deville has retained. uh, So that that is already in in the works and um, wrapped up. And it's a very well-known local firm, very well-known criminal defense local firm. Uh, So so that will go how that will go. How do you see this thing proceeding? I I think um, uh, she'll be represented well. I think there's multiple ways that this could be attacked from a defense perspective. And it depends on, on... her record is a record clean. Is she someone of, of good, you know, uh, it's her first offense that, you know, is she going to do jail time in New Jersey for this? I absolutely not. 
Um, you know, she'll, she'll either plead or be convicted of whatever. And, you know, um, maybe, maybe there's wiggle room there. But, you know, it's, I believe there's um, two sides to this story. You know, New Jersey has laws that are enforced, whether I agree with them or not. Even the police that take the charge, they don't have a lot of latitude as far as discretion in these matters exactly. as our attorney general directives over the years, right? And, Harry, there was a 93-year-old that got charged with having a gun uh, brought to an Atlantic City hotel that I, I worked for years ago, and it was a travesty, but that was it. You know, that that's just the way it was done. There is a, this other component of the storage of the firearm and that part of it. But I worked her, her background, and of course being represented with proper counsel is gonna help her. But, you know, the, the she's not the first celebrity also that has brought firearms and attempted to bring firearms into this jurisdiction. That has happened uh, numerous times. Uh, many times as a security executive, we would be in contact with the artist or the artist security people, and that would be the first thing that we would say, look, don't know how it works in other places in other states, but when you're coming to New Jersey and you're coming to one of our properties, absolutely no firearms unless you're licensed or credentialed. We, d we did have and we do have armed executive protection people. We can connect you with the Atlantic City Police Department if you would like to hire an off-duty armed officer, but uh, firearms, there is no discretion for us, don't care who you are. And a couple of those conversations I had directly with the artist. Uh, uh, one person, I don't have a problem saying his name, uh, Steven Segal, called in advance. Trump's office connected me to him, and, and Trump's office said, Rick, he, he wants to carry a gun down there. I'm like, uh, it's not happening, uh, boss. I'm sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm talking to him himself, and he said, I'm not getting out of the car unless I can have my gun. I'm like, sir, unless you're licensed to carry it in the state of New Jersey, um, that's not going to happen. You just can't do it. Well, I have a U.S. Marshals. Um, I'm a U.S. Marshal. You're a U.S. Marshal. I said, can you get me the credential or fax me what that is? I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand. I'm not aware that you're a U.S. Marshal. He had some kind of bogus honorary badged shield card that did not authorize him to carry a firearm. And basically he was having a tantrum over us telling him he couldn't carry the gun. So we, we hired on our end, we hired, um, uh, Richie Halverson at the time, captain Halverson, who was in charge of the SWAT team in charge of the firearms unit to provide protection for him. And, you know, uh, he reluctantly came down and did an appearance, but he was adamant about, thinking he could carry a gun because of his stature and his the credential he thought that he was telling us was valid was bogus he had no permission so we were not bearing that liability of him carrying that gun here and secondly we were not putting our license in jeopardy the license of the casino the license of our most valuable asset after all the people is the license we weren't putting it in jeopardy because this guy you know wanted to carry a gun. And on top of it, his whole supposed martial arts on top of it. He was so paranoid, you know, and we had, you know, six armed guys that could protect him that had permits, plus the whole 
plethora of the Atlantic City Police Department would jump in and protect him, you know, uh, if he needed it. But Rick, it, we're down to 45 seconds. I want to get this in real quick because I think it's important. This was an Atlantic City Police uh, summons. Does this get handled at the local level? Does it get kicked up to Will Reynolds, the prosecutor, uh, Atlanta County prosecutor? How what, How is disposition handled with this? I, I believe carrying the firearm in New Jersey is an indictable offense, I believe, but I'm not sure what the charge, how it exactly reads. I think it would be handled by an Atlantic County judge, Atlantic County prosecutor. Do me a huge favor, because we're hitting the finish line right now. I sent you a link to my article I have the three-page charge document. Look at it and and get back to me uh, with what that means. And then we can let our listeners uh, have an update on that. Rick, to be continued, my friend. It's halftime. John Zarek standing by next. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's been a pretty busy morning, and it's not going to get any less interesting. I can promise you we have John Zarek and then I am actually bringing on after John, the executive director of the Fallon Daffa Information Center. Fallon Daffa is synonymous. It's the same thing as Fallon Gong, which I think that's more familiar for most of our listeners. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has just gone bananas on the spiritual movement known as Falun Gong or Falun Dafa. It's been around since 1992, the entire uh, time of this uh, broadcast history. It spread peacefully until 1999 when the Communist uh, Party in China saw it as a threat to its supreme authority, and then they began persecuting any practitioners of Falun Gong. They, um, and I don't, I don't mean just like the IRS auditing you and things that are going on with the weaponization of this country. I'm talking about horrific things like harvesting organs from living Falun Gong practitioners for transplant sale and other horrific uh, acts of persecution. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about China-American relations uh, with a very interesting guest, Levi Browdy, uh, who's the executive director of that organization talk about a courageous uh, effort because again it's it's one thing oh my god they're auditing me yeah and it's another thing that they're going to cut your uh, your kidney out your liver you know your lungs your eyes i mean it's it's unbelievable joining us now is john zarek the official and exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. The law offices of John Zarek present Smart Law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. The law offices of John Zarek focuses their efforts on criminal defense law with a goal to provide you and your family, you and yours, with the very best legal defense. Call 609-641-2266. That's 609-641-2266 on the web at johnsarek.com. Good morning, John. 
Morning, Harry. Hey. Good to be home. Yes, sir. Welcome home. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, very good to be uh, back in a place where I don't have to be worried about um, someone killing me or my friends or, you know, um, going through a roadblock and uh, getting shot by a, a jumpy young soldier in the middle of the night. So, yeah, it's 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 good to be back. Um, and um, enjoying the practice of law, you know, like like never before, really. What was reacclimation like for you, John? <clears throat> well, it's it, the biggest change is, uh, you know, Ukraine is a war zone. So um, and where we were in the east was is especially a war zone. Um, at some points we were, say, 10 miles from Russia. So, wow. you know, there are certainly a lot of Russians around. Um, we were near, very close to Bakhmut, um, staying with some soldiers there who are an R&R. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it's pretty intense scene. So when you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times and there are, there are a list of 10 things you have to do and a list of 10 things you can't do um, <laughs> or else, you know, could cause injury or death. You know, it, um, you get used to it after a while, after a few days. But, um, you know, there's a level of stress that's just there. You're kind of not aware of it, but it's um, different. Like, for example, I can't. I can't drink coffee at all. You know, I'm just not good at caffeine. Uh, I, if I if I have some, I you know get real wound up, agitated. I'm I'm wound up enough already, but <laughs> you know it, it just gets it's it's pretty it this it doesn't mix well with me, right? Um, but over there, I could drink three espressos. I'm, you know, you're already wound up before. Um, you take any caffeine, I could drink three espressos right in a row and have no impact whatsoever because you're just always revving at a high speed. Was that hard? Was that hard to come back down from? Because I can't, I have no, nothing to draw from to even try to envision what that must've been like, because that's chemical at that point, something you wouldn't normally do. You were able to tolerate with ease, uh, and then some, so was that hard to readjust from that to being back home here? And obviously a lot of that stress gone. And by the way, I don't want to forget to mention this, John, because I thought of you immediately. Three o'clock this morning, this came out last night at around dinner time, saying that the Ukrainian military might be pulling troops back from the key stronghold of Bakhmut. You just mentioned this, John. Uh and this is not propaganda. I mean, this is this has been released in official remarks. Uh, I didn't know this until I uh, learned some 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 things about it that I didn't know. That this is such a uh, a rich area uh, of salt and gypsum mines uh, in eastern Ukraine. Uh, what what should we draw from that? If they if I mean it's been a bloody months long offensive to take Bakhmut. If they if they retreat from that, what does that mean? 
What are they doing that for? Well, actually, Harry, yeah, actually, Harry, they've been fighting at Bakhmut for six months. So it's it's uh, and it's a great place for the Ukrainian army to fight. So the Russians lose 10 to 1 at Bakhmut. Um, really. Um, no, no, no. I'm with you on all this. What I'm saying, though, is Ukraine military and the Ukrainian president, they said yesterday that that they may pull troops back from Bakhmut. I thought the whole point was that Russia could capture this city and and it really, you know, be a, like a, a literal win, a propaganda win. I'm wondering what would be the reason after months of fighting to take it, to back away from it. Well, if they're doing it, there's a good reason to do it, to do it. Uh, you know, the, the Ukrainian army is very, very smart, very well run. Uh, the soldiers there, we were actually staying with soldiers who were fighting in Bakhmut. Um, they were on a little forced break um, of, say, three days or so, where, which they hate, by the way. They're on the front lines fighting day and night, and they get really angry when they get pulled off the line. So, But it is smart. We talked about this, John, off air, you and I, just like pilots time out. It's a good move to get them out of there, even though they they fiercely, feverishly resent it and reject it and don't want to leave. I think it's a good idea. I think they should treat it like you time out at some point, let you uh, charge your battery. But I'm sure it's not good time when they're away. They're probably very stressed out while they're away from it because they want to be back in it, right? Well, they get a, yeah, they get a rest. They get a rest, but um, I wouldn't say they're miserable, but they, they really want to get back. They, they're yeah. anxious to get back and yeah. fight. And one of the reasons is because they kill, you know, a lot of Russians in those circumstances. Uh, if, the, if the Ukrainian army is backing off uh, from Bakhmut some, it's because they're going to get an opportunity uh, strategically. They probably are backing off to prepared ground um and it'll result in you know thousands of more russian soldiers or tens of thousands more russian soldiers being killed um in that circumstance bakhmut is not you know critically important in the defense of ukraine it's it's a good place to make a stand and you know, they would have... Uh, well, the only thing I would push back on that, and you, I mean, you're there, you know all these people, so I'm going to be, I'm going to tread very, very gingerly here, but that became the symbol of the Ukrainian resistance. So I, I think, I think it's a big deal if they, if they pull back. Um, but I agree with you, they would have a strategic reason. What President uh, Zelensky's advisor said yesterday, quote, our military is obviously going to weigh all of the options. This is very nuanced, so it leaves it leaves room to go either way. So far, they've held the city, but if need be, they will strategically pull back. Uh, quote, we're not going to sacrifice all of our people just for nothing. So they're looking at it, you know, is all that all that I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's not a it's not strategically um, important, Harry. It's 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 a place where essentially they could kill lots of Russians and, um, and and they would periodically create lines and fortified lines behind where they were fighting. They'd move back a couple hundred yards 
the Russians will get excited and charge ahead and um, keep on getting killed at a 10 to 1 ratio. So they're very, very smart. Yeah, I think I think you're right on it, John. And we'll get the break in. I'll just say this very briefly for your edification and for our listeners in this piece that, that I found very interesting. Analysts say the fall of Bakhmut would be a blow for Ukraine and offer tactical advantages to Russia, but would not prove decisive to the war's outcome. So that's language, you know, speak that these people use. And what you just said um, comports with that exactly. You just you just say it a little more intellectually, honestly, and more unambiguous. Uh, we'll be back. He is John Zarek. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. We continue with John Zarek. It's Smart Law with John Zarek, presented by the Law Offices of John Zarek, Thursday mornings in the 8 o'clock hour. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry. It's good to, it's good to be back. Uh, you asked about adjustment yeah. and uh, going from high stress to low stress is uh is quite an adjustment but it's a good adjustment you know i'd I'd rather have the low stress situation obviously but um by the way doesn't it change the definition in your mind versus us that that haven't been through something like what you did for the past three weeks low stress some people would call your level of low stress their high stress it's all it's all a matter of perspective isn't it yeah, and we live and learn, you know, yeah. everything, um, things we, I, I can assure you, there are some things I used to get upset about that I will never be upset about again. Um, you know, I, I say to myself, well, in the course of a day, some things go the way you want, some things don't, but I say to myself, well, nobody's shooting at me. Nobody, you know, I still have both feet, um, Nobody is uh, killing my friends. You know, there's no drone flying over my head. <laughs> and in fact, there was in one in one situation. Uh, we were uh, in a in a house, uh, you know, bunking out, and uh, the middle of the night, there were some dogs around. And you'll remember that scene in uh, the Terminator where they're all in the the cave bunker, and the and they hear the dogs barking yes and they keep the dogs he explains the dogs bark because they you know they keep the dogs because that's an early warning for the terminator coming right Mm -hmm. and so we're in uh uh we're in a house and um all of a sudden in the middle of the night we heard the dogs start to bark you know first one then another then another and so we kind of knew what that meant. We went outside. Um, I didn't know what it meant. The people I was with knew, knew what it meant. Now I know what it, it, it meant. Uh, we went outside and um, dogs barking away. And the drones sound like a motorbike, a motorbike going slowly, you know, brrr, uh, like a buzzing sound. Um, unreal sound, actually. It sounds, sounds like some old-time contraption. And... Uh, and we looked up, and sure enough, there's a drone right over our heads, you know, wow. 
coming from uh, Sh- showing somebody's looking at you. Well, no, they weren't looking. They, this, this, these are drones that go a certain distance and then drop and blow up. Oh, so I see. Ooh. We were looking up. Holy and, smokes! And we were real, real happy to see, really happy to see the drone go past us. Yeah. You know, we don't know what the ultimate destination see, was. See where my mind is. You know, I'm just a flatlander here. You know, Westerner. I'm thinking it's a drone with a camera. Meanwhile, it's an armed drone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see see and what I mean? That's. Um, <laughs> You know, that's, you know, that's just the kind of scene it is. And we, you know, watched it go by, uh, the dog start, stopped barking, and we went back to, back to sleep. That was it, you know. And, and that's, that kind of scene is very common. I think I, I, as I told you, um, we were in. And then you, you think of, well, this is just like the Terminator, you know. It's, it, and those things repeatedly happen. Um, I also tell you, we are in Zaporizhia now in Zaporizhia, there's, there's a, um, nuclear power plant and, you know, it's been a lot of controversy about that. And to show how crazy, um, Putin is, the winds blow east to west, uh, I mean, west to east rather. It's a westerly wind, which blows to the east. The east is Russia. So we were... In downtown Zafarija, we had um, given delivered some humanitarian aid to a fellow um, who's incredible. Um, he has a shelter for 150 kids and and their mothers, and just works day and night. And they call him the priest. <laughs> uh, he's not a priest, but. Um, He's known all over Ukraine as the priest, right? So we we were helping him um, uh, delivering this aid. And then, you know, you see all these kids around, and um, there's such need that, you know, I, I, I said to Mark and our two companions, I said, Let, let's get him in the car and just go and tell him we're going to buy him whatever he needs. So we went to sort of a Costco type place and went in and of course he didn't want to take advantage. We kept pushing him to get and fill another cart or another conveyor and um, filled it up and, and took him back after that. Um, and so we wanted to give him more and he, he wouldn't take more, you know, he didn't want to take advantage. Um, just a great guy. And uh, so after that we went, to downtown, we were meeting a, a Brit, um, an older guy, and his uh, Ukrainian girlfriend, and he was an expert at um, evacuations behind the lines, right? Going behind Russian lines. If there's somebody in real need, um, you know, not for pay, this is strictly volunteer, he would, uh, you know, he'll find a way. Um, real secret agent stuff of getting behind the lines, getting to the person and getting them out. Um, and there's when, where, how. So we were meeting him and his girlfriend and we we're just going to have a little dinner together and uh, hear, hear the story. And out on the, you know, on the corner where the restaurant is, it was rush hour. There might've been 5,000 people in sight. And, um, sure enough, with no air raid sirens, which, which meant it was a high-speed missile, 
um, the the siren went off after it hit. Um, fairly close to us. I mean, we could see the explosion. We could see the smoke. We could see um, emergency vehicles. Uh, they must have an emergency vehicle on every block because in 30 seconds, there were four, five, six emergency vehicles on the scene. Everybody, all 5,000 people looked in that direction as, as we did. And three seconds later, just went about their business, you know, <laughs> kept walking. We went into the restaurant. It's it's a um, pretty unreal situation, you know, that something like that occurs, but you become so desensitized to it that you don't, um, you know, nobody freaks out. Now, of course, people may have been hurt or may not have been hurt, but um, that's not an abnormal uh, situation in Ukraine. Wow. And... Uh, you say that people are very brave, but it's it's something more than that. It's it's they're brave, but they're desensitized also. You know, they're not going to run. And like the soldiers in, like the Ukrainian soldiers in Bakhmut, they're going to fight um, as long as it's in their best interest to fight. Right. And uh, and it's um, such a it's such a different philosophy you've got russians who don't want to be there they've lost so many they're emptying the prisons they, they really don't want to they're out of prison but they, they you know there's just not the love of country uh on the russian side that there is on the ukrainian side i think that level of passion love of country is i think it's ultimately going to be determinative as long as ukraine continues to have what they need what i want to see happen john maybe we could talk about this after the break this is my my statement not yours i believe that our president has been slow slow joe that we're providing ukraine with a lot but we're always late uh we're providing them with enough not to lose but it doesn't seem like enough to win you know, from the very beginning, when when Zelensky said, "No, no, I don't want a plane, and this money you want to give me, I'm not leaving. I don't want. I don't want a plane. I want, you know, ammunition. I want weapons. I want. I need. You know, they they were there to fight. Biden was there saying it's going to be over in one or two days. Zelensky will give you a plane. Will you go somewhere where you'll be safe? You'll have all this money. You'll you'll live in opulence the rest of your life. Ukraine should, you know." Um, uh, surrender in one or two days and it'll all be over they've been wrong from the beginning john in my estimation see if you agree or disagree with me uh i know how grateful you've talked about it and i've learned a lot from you and the people you've been working with how grateful they are for the american help so i'm not trashing the help i just think that it's at a level where it's late typically and it's enough to not lose but we could give them enough to actually win. Like, I think this should be over by now. And 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 it's going to continue, I think, because of what I'm saying, unless we come back and you tell me I'm wrong, which uh, I've been wrong before. Uh, we'll be back with John Zarek right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 32 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. We had the local uh, exclusive on this one. We broke it. WWE wrestling star Sonya Deville arrested in Atlantic City 
on a gun charge. We have the story with a lot of information, including the charge documents. A piece that we wrote this morning that I absolutely love, I hope you do and will, movies that were filmed in or that mention Atlantic City and an Atlantic City official and city council candidate is facing an assault charge. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. A bunch of little weather nuisances today. We've got fog and rain showers throughout this morning. Then it's going to get increasingly windy later on. Breaks the sun this afternoon. High temperature 61. Wind gusts will actually peak this evening around 30 miles an hour. Partly cloudy and dry, low 35. Next storm system comes into play tomorrow. Rain showers in the afternoon. Heavy rain and wind tomorrow night. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. With John Zarek at 39 minutes past the hour. And as I mentioned, we have Levi Brody coming up the executive director of Fallon Dafa, Fallon Gong, their information center. And wow, I'm telling you, wait till you hear that he is such a great presenter. Wait until you hear what's going on, the persecution that's happening, organ transplantation of living Fallon Gong, Fallon Dafa uh, spiritualists uh, because the Communist Chinese Party uh, is th- so threatened by their... Um, their status as believers that they um, they're just squashing them, they're cutting them open and just taking whatever they want. They're doing it's like some of the things John's talking about. It's just it's it's horrific. So John, I said right before the break, and I, I look, it's I'm at sixty thousand feet here. I don't I don't know anything, uh, but my observation is that our president has been too slow, and that we're helping we're we're obviously helping Ukraine immensely, billions of dollars. But always late, always slow, and it seems like we're keeping them from losing but not giving them that push that could put them over the top. I'm with you. I know they're going to win, but I'd rather it be sooner. Uh, Is there validity to what I'm saying or do you disagree? Well, uh, to this extent, uh, I would – on this subject, I would say, uh, you know – People, if you're if you're in desperate straits and someone is giving you what you need to stay alive, they're going to generally be pretty happy. Yes. But obviously, the Ukrainians and um, you know, in fact, there were there was a little uh, upset about that when Zelensky and uh, Biden met recently. Um, the Ukrainians want more and they want it faster because they want to they want to win. They want this to end, and they know it can end. If they get the the weapons they need, and and they're getting weapons, they're getting leopard tanks, they're getting other tanks, they're getting British tanks, um, they're getting lots of Bradley fighting vehicles, which are really really good weapons. I mean, just fantastic. You know, Bradley fighting vehicles uh, transport uh, soldiers. You know, six, maybe seven, maybe squeeze in eight. And um, it gets them to where where they have to go very quickly with good armor on the way and also firepower on the vehicle. So it's it's really an important weapon, and it's exactly what they need. And there are lots of Bradley fighting vehicles um, uh, 
on the way. And, and um, actually, I have reason to believe um, that some of those are in country already and um, in use in certain areas. But, um, but in any event, there, there, there's a lot of vehicles that are coming, a lot of weapons that are coming. And um, one of the difficulties is there, there, you know, there's a coalition to uh, pay attention to. So, the, for example, the polls were, you know, they were ready to give Leopard tanks, which they had. But the the deal with NATO is, if you produce, if a country produces weapons, uh, that country needs to approve the use of those weapons outside. Um, the other country's borders. Uh, in this case, Germany had to approve the Leopard tanks being sent to um, Ukraine um, from the Poles. But, the, you know, the Poles were, you know, chomping at the bit. In fact, they said they're going to do it anyway. They didn't do it. It was kind of uh, pushing the envelope a bit. But and, and by the way, John, you think they would never... They would never hesitate the, the polls because they're next. Well, yeah, and so the reason uh, why they hesitate is because they know how important the NATO alliance is, yes, and the European Union is, and so that's part of, I believe, what the United States is doing. I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but um, I'm I'm growing to be a fan of Lloyd Austin, who is the. Uh, Secretary of Defense, um, he's particularly aggressive, um, very, very aggressive. Which is good because, as you know, he hasn't been. The reason you weren't a fan before and I wasn't is because he wasn't that way before. So that's a very good thing. Yeah. You know, there was, you might remember, uh, some might remember, um, you know, some months ago, uh, Putin was in his threatening nuclear weapons all the time remember we have nuclear weapons and this is an act of war yeah and we can use anything we have to oppose the united states and so forth so people were getting shook up uh a little bit the ukrainians don't of course they're they're fighting for their lives so they they're not worried about that but you know some people were concerned and lloyd austin stood up and he was asked a question at a news conference, I believe in Poland or in Ukraine, uh, but he was asked the question, uh, well, Putin just said he has missiles, he's going to use them, and uh, this is an act of war. And he said, uh, which I really liked, he said, yeah, yeah, we've heard it 13 times. We're going to use what we have, and we're going to weaken the Russian army to prevent them from doing this now and in the future, something like that. Terrific, John. Hold hold right there, please. 46 minutes past the hour. We'll be right back. Then we'll be in uninterrupted until the top of the hour. Uh, John Zarek continues Smart Law with John Zarek. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From the world's playground, 
This is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 51 minutes past the hour. We continue with John Zarek. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. Yes, Harry, we were talking about the coalition and uh, the flow of arms. And, you know, we have to keep in mind that those, you know, there there is a coalition. There There is NATO. There is European Union. And... Um, until recently, there was, you know, not always smooth relations among a number of those countries. Now, the war, you, you know, the Russians have cured that by having a really, by the Russians invading and um, and also killing wantonly. They, they, I think I mentioned it before, I, I was in uh, Bucha, which is one of the scenes of... Um, uh, killing, raping, and torturing um, 700 people that were killed Terrible. in cold blood. I mean, no question about it. Not, you know, there were 1,300 killed altogether. Um, thoroughly delightful place, sort of like Haddonfield or Cape May. Wow. Nice people, you know, not warlike or anything. Narcissists just came in, and because they could do it, they did it, you know. Um, so it's really, and that happened in Izum. We also were in Izum, the a couple we stayed with the man was about 60 years old um the russians occupied them for seven months uh he said he couldn't go out on the street any male out on the street was going to be beaten um or raped by the way the russians are big on raping males that's another um feather in their cap of course they're they're depraved Depraved, and it, and they're not just depraved as individuals or as soldiers. They're depraved as a culture, you know, because they have, you know, the Russian people and and the government. They support this stuff. Yeah, it's sort of like this is what you get if you mess with with Russia, and um, they have a lot of recorded conversations between um, Russian. Um, soldiers and their girlfriends back home and they the conversation is are you raping many and the russian soldier says yeah a few and she says well just use protection and that's their conversation like no and and though many of those conversations have been intercepted and recorded so it really is um and and i say this most importantly uh, because there are some people that oppose funding ukraine um, a small percentage of people that, that oppose it, but it's very mistaken. Um, it's really, they're on the wrong side of that issue. And I think in time, that's going to be very costly to anyone who takes that position because Ukraine's going to win this war and they're going to, and on an ongoing basis, the, uh, Russian depravity is going to be exposed. It is already. But you haven't seen anything yet. But as I was saying, this one 60-year-old man, uh, you couldn't get, if you were a male, you couldn't go out on the street. His wife um, had a medical job where she was helping a lot of people, but also some Russian soldiers. So she was able to go out. She was able to get a little food for herself and very little for her husband. Her husband lost, and this is a guy I talked to face-to-face, a wonderful guy, um, he lost, he went from 160 pounds to a hundred pounds and he sat with me and he said, John, he said, John, and this is in his kitchen table. I mean, it bring tears to your eyes. Uh, anyone, he, he said, John, 
I knew I was going to die maybe two weeks, maybe a week, but maybe two weeks, but certainly not longer than that. You know, I would, I knew there was nothing left. Uh, I was going to go. And, um, that's, you know, that was common every place the Russians occupied every single place there, you know, the killing and rape and so forth. Bucha is the place where it's most spectacular, where, um, it was well known, and there was a big white church. Um, which, and I stood there. It, it, there's a mass grave there, and uh, I, I I never felt such rage. I mean, I never. I mean, I've been in a lot of conflict in my day, um, but never felt that kind of rage. I really couldn't be around anyone. I just walked. Um, actually, walked around the block uh, a, a lot of times. Um, you know, where the mass grave was, it's just so repulsive. And, um, you know, so I want to, want to use that anger. I don't want to dissipate all of it. I want to use, I want to use it to, you know, work on behalf of Ukraine and especially on funding Ukraine and to oppose people that are, um, advocating not funding Ukraine, um, yeah, I don't know what their end game is. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me because there, there's there's such a case to be made for we have to do this because the alternative is something none of us want. So what if they're not for yeah. it, I would love to pin them down. What are you for then? Just letting this yeah. go however it will go that Russia can win yeah. and then on to Poland. And I mean, so... John, I don't understand them. It's one thing. I I always respect people that have a difference of opinion. But what's your plan then? See, this plan is Ukraine wins. What's the other plan? Nobody will tell me, John. Yeah, one thing thing we hear from um, this group and um, some national guys, Tucker's, you know, he says this stuff all the time. We're we're leading. We're going into World War III. This will lead us to World War III. that's not the case. What's what's going to lead us to World War III, I mean, is um, Russia being on Russian troops and the army victorious now in, mm-hmm. in the case of these um, naysayers. Yeah. Victorious Russian troops on the border of Poland. Yeah. They won't. It won't be a week before World War, World War III starts. Right. So instead of saying it's World, World War III now, which it's not. It would be World War Three if Russia wins. I, I don't think that's you can't defeat that logic. That's the just truth right there. And the only the only way out of this, there's not there really is not a negotiated way out of this that leaves Russia strong enough. And and that's why I like what Austin said about it, uh, Secretary of Defense Austin. It leaves Russia. Um, Final forty-five seconds, John. Just giving giving you a time check. We have, yeah, we have to lead lead leave Russia weak and keep them weak. Uh, keep the sanctions on. Keep their economy limited, so that they can never rearm again and threaten um, their neighbors. Because they'll do it uh, and threaten us and their neighbors. They will do it if they get if they get the chance. They will do it. It's a malevolent, yeah. uh, depraved empire, and the people support it. You know, this is what they 
been adjusted to culturally for hundreds of years and um, you know we they, we have to put get them down and put them down john i i just have time to say to give john a call whether you want to talk about this whether you'd like to make a contribution to his not-for-profit that's helping to uh assist ukraine directly 609-641-2266 and of course to reach the law offices of john zarek john thank you w-e-n-j-h-d-3 millville a town square media station everything you need to know in six minutes starts now levi from harry hurley way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and I have to thank my very dear friend, Michael Harrison, because having great friends in life is very important for a lot of reasons, including the connections and the way that you can bring people together and connect people. Michael Harrison made it possible for me to meet Levi, who I'm going to be introducing to you in just a moment. Michael Harrison, the founder, the editor and publisher of Talkers Magazine, uh, which they are and they've earned it over the past more than 35 years, the Bible of talk radio and the new talk media. Uh, it is my pleasure to welcome to our program, he's standing by on the Hurley in the Morning Newsmaker Hotline, Levi Browdy, who is Executive Director of the Fallon Daffa Information Center. And I've been educating our listeners, Levi, because I needed to, to learn a whole lot, too. When I first saw Fallon Daffa, you know, I think Fallon Gong. And so these are synonymous. And we have... So many important things to talk about with Levi, and we're going to do at least the first half of this hour, and we'll see how we're doing at that point, and we'll take measurement then. But it just reminds me, I sent a shout-out to my dear friend, John Zarek, who who just finished um, his time here on the program uh, with comparable-type atrocities, you know, these these vicious Russian soldiers that just went into residential communities and chopped people up to death while they're alive just to just for kicks just to see hey what's it like if i cut off somebody's leg if i cut their hand off you know if i cut their arm off i mean just horrific stuff uh quick history lesson and we're going to talk a lot about all of this the spiritual movement falun gong and we're going to be interchanging Falun Dafa, Falun Gong, one and the same, introduced in the same year that this program debuted back in 1992, Falun Gong spread peacefully for quite a while, seven or more years. But then, of course, the, the Chinese Communist Party saw them as a threat to their supreme authority, and so they began persecuting their practitioners of Falun Gong. And so when we talk about whether it's Ukraine and what Russia is doing to innocents there, uh, chopping them all up, or the Chinese Communist Party that are harvesting organs from living humans because they disagree with their philosophy, their, their spiritual uh, commitment, their believer spiritual movement status uh, is just unbelievable. So with that, we welcome Levi Browdy, who is the executive director of the Fallon Daffa Information Center. Levi, it is a real pleasure. It's an honor to present you this morning. Hi there. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure. Uh, so I did a little preamble there of some of the things that uh, that your movement has been dealing with. Uh, nothing short of just horrific. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been going on for the last twenty three years, and it's involved tens of millions of people across China. And unfortunately, while fortunately the human rights groups have covered it as best they can, their hands are tied a lot in China. But the media has been quite silent. So I'm grateful for this opportunity to have a discussion about this important matter. I love that we're doing it, and it, it immediately jogged my memory because I think about our National Basketball Association, people that very freely will trash our government, trash all kinds of elements of American society. But as you know, Levi, they will not say a bad word about China because they're basically, I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe I don't hate to say it. I'm going to say it. They're bought and paid for. Uh, they, they look past, you think about under normal circumstances, all of these trashings of human rights and these these crimes against humanity and and harvesting organs from living people because of their spiritual belief all of this would be condemned by the usual suspects except china you know what they're doing they're buying farms they're buying they evidently even have police departments in our country i mean they're operating uh at will and many elements of our society are afraid to say a bad word about them i'm not I condemn them. Yeah, and this is this is a very unfortunate kind of tragic side of this whole story. And, and it, it wasn't always this way. You know, if you go back to 2000, 2001, just to give you a quick example in the media space, although you're very right, this, this transcends all spaces, sports, entertainment, government, media. But as a media example, back in 2000, there was a very courageous journalist inside China who spent a year covering the persecution of Falun Gong. And he was really the one to, to first report that, yes, indeed, Falun Gong were being held in mass in prisons throughout the country. They're being tortured. They're dying from torture. He won the Pulitzer Prize in 2001 for those series of reports. Even the Washington Post followed up with a piece where they were the ones to first disclose that this isn't just a bunch of rogue police officers. This is a mandate from Beijing, from the top. But shortly after that, late 2002, 2003, the entire story just fell off of everybody's radar, and that coincides with the rise of the CCP's economic and political clout on the yep. world stage. Yep. And unfortunately, that's what has led to the silence. It's so true. Uh, Levi Browdy is our guest, and uh, it's such an important discussion. I've been, I've been really looking forward to this because these are the types of interviews that I so strongly believe in. When there is oppression, when there is just in inherent unfairness, when people respond, usually responsible people that would say and do the right thing remain silent. Uh, you would probably remember this name in a second. I, I know it like the back of my hand. I just can't think of it at this moment. But a world wrestling uh, professional who is also an actor. A lot of them have been crossing over, as you know, into acting, both the men and the women in wrestling. So he said something very correct about china well he got his face kicked in you know by the um you know the, the the reality of his economics being affected and he comes right out and apologizes for his truth i mean it's it's that bad levi yeah 
Yeah, it was a post by John Cena, I think. That's I it. remember seeing That's it. that. That's he had, it. I knew you'd know he it. He made something positive about Taiwan. He, I guess he called Taiwan a country, and, and because they were about to make a whole bunch of money in mainland China, yep. uh, he had to... He, he had to just, you know, apologize for telling the truth. That's so bad for your movement because it just continues. You got the bad guys on you, and the good guys are passive about it. And even worse, support China. And by the way, Cena is a good man. Cena has the Guinness World Book of Record uh, for the most uh, children that he has worked with with the Children's Miracle Network. And everybody listening knows these are children that have last wishes and they have an opportunity uh, to do something incredibly special. And John Cena has been just amazing in that area. And I have to say, it broke my heart and I criticized him. I understood why. I, I No, I don't understand. I know why he did it, but I don't appreciate why he did it. And if these are going to be the rules, this is a tough game, isn't it, Levi? Yeah, and I think one of the I think one of the things that gets missed here is the tragedy of the Chinese people itself, and and let me explain what I mean by that because I think it's really important in terms of what this means for the Chinese people, let alone people around the world. Is that when Falun Gong, you gave a very accurate uh, uh, description of what happened with Falun Gong when it was first introduced in the '90s, it became wildly popular initially for health benefits, but really what people were discovering in Falun Gong is what I would say is a spiritual renaissance. It was a reconnection with the cultural and spiritual traditions of authentic Chinese culture. Well, the CCP had just spent six decades trying to stamp that out so it could shove Marxism down everybody's throat and have that be the only ideology. And so when they went after Falun Gong in 1999, what they were really also going after was the last great hope for traditional Chinese culture, um, for traditional Chinese spirituality. And so by doing that, it was kind of the last uh, nail in the coffin to try and really stamp out what real Chinese people, what real Chinese culture is about. And, and that's been also another tragic thing because you know, the CCP is trying to position itself as the shepherd of the Chinese people and the Chinese culture, and it's not. It's a hostile foreign ideology that's taken over the country. We are going to come right back. We're going to take a brief time out. I'm so happy that uh, Levi is available to stay to visit with us some more with Levi Browdy, who is the executive director of the Fallon Dafa Information Center. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's number one talk station. And that is all because of you, and that's why we can say that. Uh, We appreciate it so very much, more than words can say. Again, thanks to my friend Michael Harrison for introducing me to Levi Browdy, who is the executive director of the Fallon Dafa Information Center. So I was thinking during the break, Levi, things are going really well. This peaceful spiritual movement is, is actually spreading around the world, including in America. People are practicing meditation and some of the tenets of Buddhism and some things, very peaceful, very beautiful type stuff, uh, all of that. China, the Communist Chinese Party, sees this as very bad news for them. So you've got about 100 million Falun Gong practitioners by the time the Chinese Party uh, Communist Party drops the hammer on, on the movement. 
Uh, how many are there today? Is there any way to know? Well, it's it's very hard to tell. We do have one data point that we could go through. I mean, one of the reasons it's hard to tell is because the practice has absolutely no structure. You know, it, you can anybody who learns the practice can teach the exercises to someone else. The the video to to learn the meditation, the exercise portion, as well as the books are all free to download on the internet. So let's say I was in Beijing in 1998 and I was like, hey, I wanted to learn the practice. I would just go out to my local park. There'd be a volunteer running a volunteer practice site there. He'd teach me. I could get the book and away I go. So there's no name list. There's no anything like that. So the data point we have are, are twofold. One is the first one you just referenced. The government, the actually Chinese government did a survey in late 98, early 99, found that there were 70 to 100 million people practicing. So we know that was the number back then. Um, about six or seven years ago, um, we did a survey, basically we did uh, an audit, I guess I should call it, of there are, there are throughout China, what they've done in response to this persecution, family home practitioners and supporters have set up what we call underground print shops, which really just is a printer in the back in the back room of various apartments and homes, and they print out leaflets of what's really going on inside the country, the CCP's real evil history, and they distribute that, usually undercover at night, all over the country. So this is going on for 15 years. So when we did an audit of the unique downloads of people who are downloading these flyers and how many people are involved in each of these little sites, we found that there were 20 to 40 million people actively doing this kind of peaceful civil disobedience. Wow. So by that measure, we know at least the number is somewhere in the tens of millions. Which is amazing because obviously, and especially if you're in China, I mean, this requires real courage uh, because your faith is going to be used against you in the worst way. I've learned from Levi off air, I mean, this isn't just, we think about retaliation in our country that sometimes unscrupulous politicians will weaponize law enforcement, weaponize the IRS, politically retaliate. Hey, it might put you in jail, but nobody's cutting your limbs off or, or taking your organs out or all this other torture and murder and rape and forced labor and all this that goes on. What they do to people that practice Falun Gong is it's, it's crimes against humanity, Levi. Absolutely. In fact, there was in uh, 2018 in London, they convened something called the China Tribunal, and it was chaired by the prosecutor who put Slobodan Milosevic behind bars. And they spent a year doing an in-depth investigation, calling in 550, over 50 witnesses to London, uh, medical experts, lawyers, human rights experts, and they came to three conclusions after that. One, Crimes against humanity are indeed happening on a large scale throughout China. That was obvious. Two, um, people were being screened and killed for their organs to fuel an organ transplant business, which is a billion-dollar business in China. And 60 to 100,000 transplants were redone a year, which means that many people or almost that many people have been killed each year. My and goodness. Falun Gong was the primary target. My and the third thing that they found was that there has been no indication that this has stopped even after it's gotten some publicity. So as far as we can tell, this continues today. Just unbearable to listen to and, and not even compares to what it must be like to, to be living under those circumstances. Levi Browdy is the executive director of the Fallon Dafa Information Center. Just a quick housekeeping item, because I have learned from you that Fallon Gong is also referred to as Falun Dafa. How come two different names, but same thing? 
Uh, Falun Dafa is the official name, but in China in the 1990s, there were a lot of these, what they call Qigong practices, which are sometimes referred to as like Chinese yoga. And the colloquial way to refer to it is this gong, that gong, so forth. So Falun Dafa was colloquially called Falun Gong. It means the exact same thing. Got it. Uh, but obviously you yeah. prefer Falun Dafa, correct? Um, we either one is fine. Okay, either good. one's fine. Good. That's good to hear. So <laughs> yeah. they're they're interchangeable. Call them synonymous with one yeah. another. Yep. What could be done? I always like to point out the problems, but also, you know, strive for solutions. I mean, obviously, China is, I mean, they're on a mission right now. We could get into so many things. China, American relations, probably, if not an all-time low, I don't know when it's been lower. Uh, I think it's really bad. I mean, we're in, do you agree with me that we're in a proxy war with China and Russia right now, America? Um, We are, and in addition to that, is from the Chinese perspective, they've been literally at war with the U.S. for two decades. They call it unconventional warfare. But they, in, in their minds, the CCP's minds, they've been at war with the U.S. for more than 20 years. I agree. I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been here 31. I've been tracking their aggressive behavior. I think that it, it sort of hits a new stride when they send a spy balloon that we allowed to cross through the entire country. I think that was China just saying, hey, will they shoot this down before it gets to Alaska? Well, they're certainly not going to let it get through the continental United States. Oh, my God, they're letting it fly all the way through the country. Uh, so I think that was a test. Uh, I think their um, provocative involvement, obviously, they've taken Russia's side. So they're, 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 it's, it's sort of like a, a worldwide wrestling federation. I don't, I don't mean to trivialize tag team match uh, between China and Russia versus America and Ukraine. And I, I think what Americans should be thinking about, Levi, China has built their navy they're the largest navy in the world. We used to be. We're not half the navy we used to be. While they're now the largest navy, I really feel like Taiwan is next. I mean, they're, we're, they're, China is testing America to see how many times they can punch us in the nose and we'll just get out our hankies and wipe the blood and say, sir, thank you, may I have another. So I think they're really looking. They looked at Afghanistan and American perceived weakness there. They looked at the statement that said, hey, we'll go with a little bit of a Russia uh, incursion into Ukraine. China looked at that and said, whoa, this is weakness being projected. And they want to help Russia win to further project weakness. Do you agree with me, Levi, that Americans, we should be big time on guard? And how about all these other moves, China buying all this farmland, China having all this other direct involvement here in the United States, they bear watching at a level I don't think we've ever seen before. Now, that's advantageous if we get on board and aren't afraid to condemn these things that China does. That would obviously be very helpful to Fallon Dafa. But at the same time, uh, I think they're, they're just testing us and seeing how far they can go. What are your thoughts about that uh, narrative that I shared? I, I think you're spot on, and they've been doing this for a very long time, and we're just kind of waking up to it. And I think there's a couple hurdles we need to get over even mentally. The first mental hurdle we need to get over is the clarity that the CCP is not China nor the Chinese people. And I think sometimes Americans, maybe policymakers, 
tend to be a little bit hesitant because they don't want to hurt the Chinese people, the country. The CCP is not that. That is a foreign ideology. Communism is foreign. It came in and took over the country, and it's ruling the country in a tyrannical way. And so we need to separate that and be clear that those are two very different things. And the threat that we face is from the CCP, not something inherent from the Chinese people or the culture or anything of that nature. So that's sort of one thing we need to overcome. And the second thing we need to understand is that, you know, I, I br briefly touched on this before, you know, they have two, two of their our, uh, our military colonels 20 years ago wrote a book called Unrestricted Warfare, and they've been carrying that out ever since. Mm -hmm. So the CCP has been, in their minds, conducting warfare against us using business, using fentanyl, using all kinds of things. We need to be able, we need to start stopping that. As you said, stop just getting punched in the face and say, thank you, may I have another. We need to recognize that from their perspective, they're, they're at war, and we need to recognize that and stop them at each of these places where they're trying to push into our country. And I think that you just mentioned the most recent one. They set up police precincts yeah. in New York City and other cities around the U.S., Canada, and Europe. How did that happen? We need to shut that down right away. Yeah, how did it happen? How did we let it happen? And who knows even the status right. of it now that we know it happened? Levi, you are fascinating. You came pre-qualified to me from Michael, who said that you were just amazing, and you are. Getting back to, to my philosophy of pointing out problems but also offering solutions, what could the United States of America do to be helpful that we're not doing? And I, and I would submit to you, sight unseen, uh, sight unheard of what you're going to share, that anything we would do relative to that that would be helpful, say, to Falun Dafa – I believe would also be helpful to us in what we're dealing with, because there's no question in my mind, Levi, that China wants to be the one, the only world superpower. They want to replace us. There's all kinds of things going on. Russia's threatening to use the yuan as the uh, default currency. And obviously that's been a big strength of America throughout time. Uh, as old as time with America being the backup currency for the world and all that. So they're coming after us economically they're coming after us i believe they're building up militarily like never before because they actually believe they can take us it, it was very disconcerting to learn from a general i don't think it was supposed to get out but it did a bona fide general who said that we will be at kinetic war he didn't use the word kinetic but not just some kind of proxy war status but actual war with china i know this is no surprise to you when i say this by 2025 uh, I remind our listeners, it's now third month of 2023. That's scary as hell to hear something like that. So if we were to do things that would be helpful to this cause, that I believe would also be helpful to our own cause, what would those things be? What could we do to be helpful that we're not doing? Um, an excellent question. I think in the broad scale, it, it, it needs a lot. It needs sort of an all-of-government response to the CCP. But let me give you two very specific things that have worked very well that we could do. One is um, both the last administration, the Trump administration, and this administration have both sanctioned Chinese officials specifically for their role in persecuting Falun Gong. Now, this prevents them from leaving the country, from having money here, and things like that. But... What, what most people don't realize is that when that word gets into China and that it spreads, which it does spread over that that um, underground network that I talked about, it sends 
real fear through the rank and file of the security apparatus that is persecuting Falun Gong. And we even had stories of people saying, telling their Falun Gong detainees, um, I'll let you go, or don't tell them I was doing this, or trying to shift their department within the police precinct to show that they're not persecuting Falun Gong. It had real-world effect, because everybody of a certain means in China ultimately wants to get out. They see it's a failed system. Yes. And so that, that, sent, that, that is really effective, and we should continue doing that. The second thing is our Congress, our House specifically, just introduced something called the Stop Forced Art and Harvesting Act. And other countries have done, have passed bills that prevent, curtail, penalize organ tourism. People coming from the West, going to China, where someone will inevitably be killed so they can get a vital organ. Real laws with real consequences to stop that. The House now has a bill in it. We should support that. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That would be incredibly helpful. And I, I was thinking about something as you were saying that in terms of people would say, huh, they have their own police precincts in America and in other countries. And isn't that, Levi, it sounds simple to say, but I think it's a reason, if not the definitive reason, they want to show people that no matter where you go, our tentacles reach to there and we will find you, we will get you, and then we will do these things to you. They will make people not feel safe anywhere, not even in the United States of America, if, if, the, if in the United States of America, and this happened, as you, you outlined very eloquently, if there can be a Chinese police station anywhere in America, informal or whatever, uh, that tells people you're not safe anywhere. That's the point, isn't it? Exactly. I'll tell you a little story. One of, uh, one of the Falun Gong practitioners in our community, a uh, Princeton graduate, he's got a, a number of patents in the high-tech area. He was developing special software that allows people inside China to get out of the firewall and reach the free Internet. At the time he was doing that, several Asian thugs showed up at his house, beat him up, wrapped him in a blanket, left him unconscious, took nothing but his computers. We've had this kind of stuff going for the last 23 years, death threats, physical violence in the streets. So they are very active at trying to silence Falun Gong and other voices of dissent all around the world. And, we, and, and to a great extent, we're not safe here in the U.S. I, I, I agree. I, I want to say reluctantly, but I don't hesitate. I agree with that comment. If you're just tuning in, Levi Brody is the executive director of the Falun Dafa Information Center, Falun Gong, uh, interchangeable synonymous words. The the thing I want to leave with is, and see if we have agreement on this, um, so far we have had agreement, but if we have a split decision, I want to be corrected. But it's my feeling that if we sit back and watch them do this, what they've been doing, and we know they have great ambition to be the world's superpower, what would they do to the rest of the world? Isn't that a fair – it's not a stretch, I don't think. Isn't that a fair expectation going forward? Um, I think it's a very tangible and grounded thing to be worried about. Because, and this is sort of another thing that the CCP has kind of hidden. If you look at just their own track record over the last 60 years, 70 years, um, they, they're not 
you know, technological wizards, economic wizards, or anything like that. The only thing they know how to do is run these sort of violent political campaigns. And what few people realize is if you go back from 1949 all the way up to the present, six, this is a conservative estimate. 60 to 80 million people have died inside China as a result of these campaigns, the Cultural Revolution, the anti-campaigns, the Great Leap Forward. So, I mean, what is that? That's seven, eight holocausts. And that's the current regime. It's not some regime that was from the past. That's the current regime. And so if we need to understand the nature of the CCP and if its ability to do that to its own people, what are they going to do to the rest of us? Levi, let's put a dot, 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 not a period, because I would love to reconvene. And if you ever need me, we now know each other. And uh, you are welcome here anytime. I will continue to help get the word out. I couldn't be more proud of Michael Harrison and Talkers Magazine for encouraging the talk media to engage and talk about this, if not us, who. And uh, it was an honor to present you, Levi, and and I look forward to uh, sharing time with you again. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's great to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Levi. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. It's your turn to play next on the Hurley in the Morning program. Don't go away. Here's a word from my friend, Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade here. Coming up on Thursday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Please join me. I'll bring in Dr. Marty McCary. He testifies on Capitol Hill this week about the government's gross mishandling of the pandemic. Stephen Moore will be here to talk about why Biden's student loan forgiveness is a terrible idea. All coming up on the Thursday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio. 95.5. Thank you very much, and welcome back. 43 minutes past the hour. We're in open forum now. What a morning. A good friend just wrote the program, and what did he say? Let me just, uh, I'm posting something. We're going to update a story that I want to share with you that is extremely relevant because it happened uh, on this day. Let's see if I remember when. Back in 1962. It's never, I don't think it'll ever be equaled again, but I'll leave it cryptic for now. I'm going to ask you to go to the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Give me a little bit of time. I think I can get it done. We're doing something at 10.30. I think I can get it done after 10.06 and before 10.30. But in any event, don't miss that because it is, um, it's a good story. But let me see what my friend wrote because I really appreciated it. Continuing jam-packed, high-quality programming today. It's what we try to do. I mean, from the Atlanta County Prosecutor to John's report, uh, basically from Ukraine itself, because he spent three weeks there and just got back home, uh, and to the um, executive director, Levi Browdy, of the uh, Falun Gong, Falun Dafa Information Center. You know, when you start to learn all these things that are going on, that they're killing people, harvesting uh, organs from living people, uh, raping, I don't even want to, I mean, it's, it's just, it goes on and on. Forced labor, starvation, uh, rape, if I didn't say it, I'll say it twice. It, it's, it's inhuman what they're doing. And imagine if their philosophy, I know you can't even call it governance, their philosophy of running the country became the philosophy of running the world, the oppression, the just despair, the, 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 violence, I mean, everything about them. And I I think it was good that Levi said it's not the Chinese people, some of them, uh, 
because a lot of them, they would love to be free. They're not. They're allowed on the internets, kind of, sort of, and then it can be shut down. If something's going on, they make sure that you can't see it or their people can't see it. It's just, just awful. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Glad you called in. You are on the air. Thanks for taking my call, Harry. Um, it's It's been three decades since uh, slave labor, child labor, political prisoner labor has helped multiply billionaires in this country. Hollywood thrives on the Chinese market, and they make tailor their movies or create alternative editions of our movies for that market. You, We are dependent on them for military parts, mm. uh, critical supply chain things, and there's nothing. That's why we need to really – I know they're building these factories and things, these chips – that run everything. I forget in an electric car, it's thousands in each car. We've got to be in the business that we make things again. You know, you know, I can tell just from the smart dialogue you've shared already, we used to make everything. The transistor, radio, the TVs, we made everything. And now we make nothing and we import everything. Uh, We've got to get back in the business. We've got it. You were t- talking, and I think you would have continued if I didn't jump in on you. You were talking about some of these other things. These chips for the automobiles and for cell phones and all these things, we've got to be, you know, I mean, Apple sort of tries. They, they're American parts uh, assembled in China. But a lot of this stuff, we, we've got to get out of the business of economically boosting China while they're trying on the side to slit our throat. 60 Minutes did a piece on the Apple plant in China, and they have nets around the ceiling because the 14-year-olds that are working 80 hours a week are jumping off the roofs, excuse me, uh, the roof trying to commit suicide, so they put nets up there. So this country continues to buy Apple phones in mass, and we're not – we like our cheap stuff, and there's not – they have our Congress – they're enriching our Congress with all the side hustles that every both parties have, and 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 we are we are really at the mercy of Washington D.C. And as long as they're getting enriched by Chinese lobbyists and business, and and they're multiplying billionaires on Wall Street, we the people, our representatives are are held hostage by the Communist Party in China. Agreed. So what are we going to do about it? We got a primary. Some of these, we have to have term limits. Yeah, I agree. And, I agree. and we have to have. By the way, go go go. Time out. Time out. Time out. That is so important. What you just said. I'm a firm believer in term limits for every office except for mayor of the morning. My office. That that is the only exception that I will grant. But we we have the two two term limit for president, FDR rule, or that never would have been put into effect. Uh, we've got to do it. And my doctrine is. One six-year term for a senator, and you're out. Uh, Three two-year terms for a House member, and you're out. That would give enough experience. Within two years, it's like a school board member takes a year before you're a good school board member. In two years, you'll be a good House member. Then you got two more shots. If the people want you, uh, they'll keep you. I think it would also encourage more challenges to incumbents because they would not nearly be as entrenched. This turned into an awful thing. The People's House was set up originally by our founders to turn over regularly, that you would want to get out. Your farm would be wrecked. You'd be destroyed. Your business would be destroyed. They made it too comfortable. They get paid too much. They have too many perks. And then they leverage it to become multimillionaires. 
and that's because they get to stay for 20 and 30 years and more. Term limits, I believe, it's not an exaggeration to say, would be a, both a disinfectant and a magic elixir that would, in large measure, help fix this country. Because keep in mind, there are decisions that have to be made that they will not make because they want to get elected and reelected. They're always looking at the next election. If that was if you ran one time for the Senate and you got your six years, you're never running again. So I, I, I don't know if you agree with my narrative, but I agree with yours. Oh, absolutely. There needs to be transparency in all the money that they're making on the side and accumulating through lobbyists. And they, they, you know, they obviously they put their spouses on on uh, K Street and, and and as consultants, and they 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 sell their votes. And, it, and that needs to be they need to be held accountable in a in a free press. Yep, um, totally agree. It's appalling. But I'll tell you what: out of all the things that we could talk about and talk about and talk to death, term limits would be a big time game changer. And I thank you for that. I've got to get the last break in. Uh, Call me again. I know we've spoken before, and I always enjoy the time that you and I spend together. 609-407-1450. You'll be next up on the Hurley in the Morning program. Don't go away. 609-407-1450. When we come back in just a little bit, it's not not an extra long break, so hang in there on the phone lines. And we'll be right back. And a reminder, Brian Kilmeade, about 16 minutes away. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hey, if you're in the market for a new firearm, well, you're not going to do better than one made by our great friends at Henry Repeating Arms. And by the way, you're looking for something light and easy to transport, you got to check out their U.S. Survival Rifle. Now you can take it apart, put it back together in seconds when you need to. It's compact, so you can carry it everywhere. Only three and a half pounds, just 16 inches when it's disassembled. Now it comes in black and three types of camo, and it's affordable. You can pick one up from between 250 and 400 bucks, depending on the finish. And like all Henry firearms, they're made in the U.S., and they're backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. As a matter of fact, you can watch a few video reviews. Just go to HenryUSA.com slash survival. That's HenryUSA.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order your free catalog. You'll get free decals, over 200 models to choose from. You can't go wrong with any of them. HenryUSA.com. Get your free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you are. Check out the U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Just learned that one of the jurors in the Murdoch case, now they've taken the case now, the jury is deliberating. One of the jurors has been dismissed uh, because they discussed the case outside of court. So I don't know what that means. Are they going to bring one of the alternates in? Will they do it with less, one less? Uh, I don't have, you know, all the um, the details of what the um, ramifications of this will be. But this, um, and I told you the other day, if you get a chance, if you have access to Netflix, check out the, I've, I'm only partway through the first episode. This family and the power that they wielded in their area of South Carolina is, it's almost like a monarchy. You got to see this. The grandfather was like the ultimate fixer. And then the power got handed from him to his son and from the grandfather's son to 
His son, I mean, it's unbelievable. You've got to check it out. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Harry, Gregory, Gregory. Gregory, Gregory. How are you, my friend? I'm excellent. I'm calling to uh, officially announce that this year, 2023, Bay Fest will happen, and it's April 29th. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I've am i been uh, drafted to be the chairman to get this event going again, and uh, I got the same crew from uh, – we've got the band back together from last year, and we're going to have Bayfest as planned last year, but now it's definitely positively going to happen. So we're uh, all excited about that down here, and I'd really like to come on when I have more information that I can spread about what's going to go on. But I'm just letting uh, all the different sponsors and all the different participants, the vendors, the crafters, the musicians, people have been asking questions and asking and asking and asking. And now the answer is yes, it's going to be Bayfest 2023. I'm pretty excited. Oh, you should be. It's a wonderful event and everybody's going to love that. These are exactly when you come out of a pandemic because and you can't do things that we've always been able to do. These are exactly the kind of events that bring everybody back to normal. And I know you're experiencing it in, in your restaurant and all of that, but this is great. I'm actually going, I just uh, sent a note to my colleagues that I'm working on this. Uh, I'm going to do a little uh, piece just announcing that it's going to be back. And then we'll follow up when we get more information from you, Gregory. Oh, that's terrific. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, it, it's a great group of, you know, when you're, become a chairman of an event as you know and it's already been going on you don't know what kind of personalities you're going to deal with and what kind of uh, turf wars you're going to deal with i i've done a lot of different things i did the air shows with jim cooper you know i've done a lot of different things yeah this group i'm working with now is the most competent group of volunteers that i've ever seen to run a festival of this size it's the single largest one day event in south jersey and it's been going on for almost 30-some years, and uh, we expect thirty to 35,000 people to descend on Summer's Point if it's a normal Saturday Bay Fest that it has been in the past. And this one might be as good or better because everybody's really fired up to have a good time. Oh, yeah. it's You're, you're right for all those reasons. Well, uh, I'm here. You know where to find me. Uh, we're, we'll be your partner, as we always are, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to, to hear you make that announcement. That's a big deal. That's going to make a lot of people happy. It's the kind of event that people just put right on their schedule and they want to be a part of it. And that's why you get 35,000 plus people that come out. It's really amazing that the, that the event can handle that many people. Uh, it's um, to the credit of you and all the people that you work with to make it happen. So we'll uh, we'll stay close on this, Gregory. Well, Harry, it really isn't my credit yet. I'm just helping corral this into an event for the, for this year, and I chose your venue to announce it because I know your listeners are a big part of South Jersey and a big part of our uh, listening public that will come down and enjoy a great day on the bay. In addition to that, the South Jersey Coastal Rowing, you remember we worked on that? Yeah. Sure Not do. only did that get U.S. rowing approval, we're under the umbrella of U.S. rowing. There's going to be a demonstration row at Bayfest, and they're going to have boats there from 2 to 4. You're going to be able to see these uh, guys that are going to be rowing representing the United States and Wales uh, out there, coastal rowing boats. So it should be a pretty exciting day. 
Thank you for this news, my friend. Thank you, Harry. Have a nice day. You do the same. Gregory, Gregory. I was actually taking uh, copious notes during all that. We're going to do something with that. You'll, you'll see more about that uh, on, the, uh, on the app a little bit later today. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hi there. Morning, Harry. Steve, let me see. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure, Dave. Listen, that uh, term, term limits is good. Yeah. But I said this before. You don't pay taxes, you don't vote. And one other quick thing, and I'll hang up a list on my way out the door. This insider trading, Martha Stewart was put in jail, remember? Oh, of course. And he found that the Congress and all of them, yeah, found that they... they By the way, she was put in jail for something that no one had ever been put in jail like that before. She was purely made an example of, and I know what you're going to say, because I'm pocket Kreskin on the side, that the members of Congress that inside trade all the time and the knowledge that they get... Uh, know that something's going to be voted on, things that we don't know. Uh, they, they're they doing this kind of thing all the time, and nothing happens to them, of course. So they're above the law. Yeah, it, I, hate to, I hate to agree Thank with you. that, but yes. <laughs> yes, they are. And, and term limits, Harry. Term I know, limits, I know. I know. And uh, yeah, the, no taxing. Yeah. Yep. Right, Harry, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. You do the same, D. D. I love your idea. I have to. I have to just disagree a bit with the um, the property tax owner. Uh, a renter pays a landlord's mortgage. Uh, some people rent and don't own. Some people don't want to own. They prefer to live in a scenario where if something breaks, somebody else has to fix it. Uh, they don't want to have a lawn to cut. Maybe they want it. They, they just decide that they want to rent. And maybe you've owned a property in the past, but you decide you want to be a renter. Uh, I don't agree with that. Um, I know that used to be, and there was a lot of questions about that, that you had to be a property owner to vote. I would ask anybody that thinks that that's the best idea to just think about it a little deeper. I'm not in favor of that. Uh, it's not, that's, to me, that's, a, that, that's not an American uh, philosophy. Many people rent. Some people, uh, what if you went to school, you have $200,000 worth of college debt, you would have perfect credit, but that amount of debt wrecks your credit score, so your credit score is whacked, Uh, you can't qualify for a mortgage, uh, even if you show you've been paying that on time, because they'll say that your debt to equity ratio is too high, and that you don't have the money to be able to afford owning a property, can't get a mortgage uh, in a position for whatever amount of time until you pay those loans off that you can only rent. We're going to tell people like that, that uh, you can't vote in America. I can't go with that. Uh, I know why you said it, uh, but I, I can't go there. I just, I don't think that's fair for for many, many reasons. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. The flasher, the flash mail, whatever you want to call me. I try to avoid bringing up anything racial because I know that the Marxists use that as a wedge. They use that for to, to implement class warfare on racial lines. I know this is true. Now, I, I've been listening to different bloggers on YouTube. There's a fella, he gets it from both ends because he's sympathetic, he's black. He gets sympathetic to white people a lot of times. So his fellow black people call him an Uncle Tom. On the other hand, he's married to a white lady, so he gets it from the white races for being married to a white lady. Anyway, he actually brought up a man named Scott Adams. He's a cartoonist. He comes out with a Dilbert cartoon. He's also a columnist. 
He's a liberal. He's always uh, supported black causes and that. But he gets no thank you back. And he actually recently almost had some violence done to him. So he says, I, my advice to my fellow white liberals is to get a far, as far away from black people as you can. Now, there is that increasing hostility between the races. If you understand that our Constitution is, is patterned after the guy in Oscar, the great law of peace. I didn't say it. Our 100th Congress said it <laughs> on a 200 by. Yeah. Go ahead. Our Congress, our Congress said, expressed a debt of thanks to the Iroquois Nation of Tribes, the Mohawk, the Onondaga, Oneida, Tuscarora, Cayuga, and Seneca for their valued contribution to our Constitution. It's called the great law of peace because it brought the violent infighting to an end in the Iroquois Nations. Now, we have a cistern of crystal clear drinking water called the Constitution, that beautiful, gorgeous Constitution of ours. Yeah. Our Constitution is sacred, not the Capitol building. The, it's a cool-looking building, don't get me wrong, but it's still just a building, okay? So that's not sacred. Our Constitution is sacred, our beloved Constitution, second to the Holy Bible. Now, if we wake up and smell the coffee, bro, and instead of a stinking infighting, we might accomplish something. Thank you. This is why you're the Flash. You hit and you run, but in a good way. I uh, appreciate the call, and I wish we could take more calls, but we're out of time. Kill Mead is less than a minute away, uh, so enjoy Brian. You hear the music playing us out right now, and then Brian's theme will be the next thing that you hear. Tomorrow morning, uh, we are ready to go. Uh, no doubt something big that we don't know right now because it hasn't happened yet. I can't remember a day where that's not the case, especially uh, over the past several years at least where the, the, the news cycle is just faster than it's ever been and more happening than ever before, it seems. So we'll be on top of anything that, that transpires between now and then. We'll have open forum tomorrow in our 7 o'clock hour. Already looking forward to that. Senator Vince Palestina for the 8 o'clock hour. And then by popular demand, a official Hurley in the morning mental health break where we will talk music and memories and anything fun, anything that's not... Uh, hot talk or negative, pressing, suffocating, all that stuff. Enjoy Brian Kilmeade and the rest.